This week, we're discussing Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, and we are sorry. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. Hey, I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. <laughs> and this week we are joined by a uh, uh, frequent guest and caller in and zero time listener, my wife, <laughs> D. Amaral. I'm having a little confused. How are you pronouncing that? D. Amaral? No, my wife. Oh, my wife? Oh, no. We're done. <laughs> I think this yeah. this is an exact repeat of the last time you showed up. <laughs> so can we save their marriage by the end of this recording? Let's now find we, out. Not with this movie, guys. Not yeah. with this movie. Ooh, ooh. Uh, speaking of which, uh, this is the end of an era. We finally did it after a few uh, miscues last week uh, with the internets and having to watch uh, the Born Identity. Uh, the time has come. We have finally watched... Akira! The year is 2033. <laughs> Neo-Tokyo is about to E-X-P-L-O-D-E. I love Neo-Tokyo. We start with a motorcycle gang of the future! Ah, let's do it! Tatsuo! Oh. He's the bullet man. <laughs> uh, so, again... <laughs> hey, uh, do you, what movie did we actually watch? We watched the last Star Wars thing. Boo! Oh, you mean Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi? That movie fucking bops. No, Let's talk about no. it. No, Star I Wars Nine: Rise of the Skywalker. That but that's not even her real name yet. It's not even then. So, D, I for the like, let's say twelve people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, what is your history with Star Wars? Because ours is pretty well documented. Watched them on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. Nice. Saw like two of them when they were re-released in the theaters. I think Mark just showed me the prequels a few weeks ago. Yeah. The, did, you only saw Revenge of the Sith in the theater, correct? Yeah. And oh, I, so you got out while the getting was good. And I turned to my friend who was with me and I said, what happened in the other two movies? And he said, not much. Yeah, which yeah. is fair. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> and in terms of this new series, uh, you've seen Force Awakens and Last Jedi, yes. I think. Would you, quick thoughts on those, yay or nay? Force Awakens was okay. Uh, the middle one, which I always, Last, last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. I was, because it feels like that should be the last one if it's called right? The Last Jedi. Yeah, because yeah. it's not The Last Jedi. They keep Jedi in. But it's also the last story that matters. But it's sort of darkest one mm. and most thought-provoking one and it's good because i don't think anything could ever make me hate seeing oscar isaac on the screen so the fact that they were able to accomplish that through his handsomeness <laughs> was incredible so that's true his handsomeness makes him hard to hate yeah. sure but in spite of his smoochability he's kind of a piece of shit in that movie in that, that movie, has yeah. to learn a lesson yeah. And the yeah. fact that i can't see past that is a testament to the writing and direction and acting in The Last Jedi. So obviously it made you think and feel powerful emotions, so you hate it, and you just want to be comforted by some fan service. I think Ooh, we're all on the same page with that, service. right? Well, good news, because this movie begins, like all movies do, by giving me a t-shirt! <laughs> 
Blue text in space followed by yellow flying text in space. So flying. Ooh, but this one has an exclamation point. That's right. The, the dead, dead have speak. risen. Oh, yeah, they spoke. Yeah, they speak in yeah. Fortnite. We've covered this part of Last <laughs> Jedi or of R- 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 Rise of Skywalker so many times already. We don't need to bring up the Fortnite right, thing again. Fortnite. So, yeah, uh, uh, and just like the rest of the movie, the opening crawl is packed full of too much information too quickly. The Emperor uh, sent out a thing. Princess Leia has sent spies out. There's a mall. Rey's training. The, uh, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren is gonna kill the Emperor. So much stuff going on. And the McRib is back. <laughs> Only for a limited time. Of course. Always, John. So that's the ticking clock that we're dealing with in this movie yeah. is they gotta find a drive through Yeah. That's no. right. Oh, man, I love me a McRib. Oh, so good. Because it's not even a rib. No. It's meat it's rib compressed shape. into yeah. a rib shape. Yeah. 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 It can sp- you know, Have you ever been to Medieval Times? The ribs they used to serve there, which do have bones in them, taste suspiciously like the McRib. <laughs> yeah, all of the discarded Medieval Time ribs become the McRib. That's why it's only available for a limited time. They've got to build up their stockpile. You're right. The, as- the acidic barbecue sauce of the, med- <laughs> of the Medieval Times rib just melts the bone into gelatin. Yeah. yeah. There were no McDonald's during Medieval Times. There are no McDonald's at Medieval Times. Dynamite cable guy reference I buddy. thought so right <laughs> nice. can I get some more Pepsi <laughs> good work Ben Stiller way to direct a shitty movie hey yeah. speaking of directing a shitty movie J.J. Abrams this is top level J.J. oh yeah There's a, for, for a guy who like really pulled back on the lens flares in Force Awakens by only doling them out very sparsely. They are back and in full force. Oh, yeah. And beyond that, not just lens flares, but full-on seizure-inducing lightning strikes. Oh, yeah. But the movie proper begins with a a big red planet and Kylo Ren killing a bunch of... Turns out to be Mustafar. Sure. From Revenge of the Sith. Oh, is it? Yeah, but that's the information that the movie gives us. So, you're going to hear this a lot, and I apologize in advance... Believe me, I want to punch me. In the novelization, <laughs> they make it clear that it's Mustafar and that the ecosystem is recovering from a volcanic explosion. Oh, nice. And those are all Darth Vader acolytes that he's killing, and he finds the Sith Wayfinder in the... They're Darth Vader acolytes? Correct. What does that even mean? Ah, uh, you know, acolytes, but for the Darth Vader. Yeah, but he's been dead for like eight movies. Hey, Jesus has been dead for like 12 movies, and we still got church. <laughs> <laughs> now he's got you there. You know, I stand corrected. <laughs> well defended, sir. <laughs> So Kylo Ren uh, cuts his way through a bunch of goons. He picks up a, a little pyramid uh, uh, Sith holocron. A and Sith then, Wayfinder. And then he finds his way uh, off to the floating Jawa sandcrawler land of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, he's got like some weird dark place in the unknown. He's got one of those classic Castlevania floating elevators that drops you down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and lots of uh, giant statues to himself. Yeah. Oh, but if you beat Richter Belmont with the special glasses equipped as your accessory, the whole Exegol flips upside down and you get the true ending. Woo! These are dynamite Castlevania jokes. Yeah, Maybe you ever no. played, a, played a Castlevania? I've only played Sonic 2 and Jam It. <laughs> Man. I mean, 
That's all you need, really. <laughs> you could have stopped and jam it. Really, it's all downhill after that. To be honest with you. So, uh, Kylo Ren is immediately greeted by the voice of Emperor Palpatine. You know him! Yeah, he's that old creepy man who shoots lightning from his he's hands. He's been in practically all these movies. And if you have Despite any... Despite being dead. Correct. <laughs> Uh, if you have any, like, enjoyment of a uh, sense of consequence or, like, new story ground being broken and new trails being blazed, Ooh, prepare fuck to you. <laughs> immediately be, be disappointed as uh, Emperor Palpatine says, Ah, Snoke has trained you well. By the way, I made it up a whole batch of Snokes. I've been every voice inside your head. There's literally... Uh, his the the emperor's acolytes are all mummies. Yeah, <laughs> um, their faces wrapped up. There's literally mummies stirring a batch of Snokes up. Yeah, as yeah. if as if he was gonna make more Snokes. We might need some. And why is that anybody surprised that he shows up? Yeah, yeah. who shows up? Oh, then the Kylo Ren shows, shows up because he walks through there and everybody's like, ah, oh, it's that guy with that red yeah, lightsaber. Everybody keeps working. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. been there for hundreds of years, and so, and they're just fine. That's, no, I mean, the Emperor just got there, like, 30 years ago, so that that's like, you know, they're working on a whole different time scale, so 30 years to them is like yesterday. True. Also, like I pointed out, they are all mummies, they can't see through the wrappings on their face. <laughs> also true. So they might not have seen they he was there. just don't know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like how, like, uh, like drug kingpins, when you're working on their packing factory, you gotta be naked so you don't take any of the sweet, sweet drugs out. They fucking blind all of the (laughs) people that are whipping up some Snoke clones so that you're not tempted to take some home. Just like Daredevil Season 1. Yeah. So, uh, 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 Kylo Ren runs into the Emperor and the Emperor's like, you're going to go kill Rey and you're going to take my fleet of Star Destroyers. Which doesn't make any fucking sense when you find out what the Emperor's actual plan for Rey is. We'll get there. <laughs> also, if he has a fleet of Star Destroyers, why does he need Rey dead? Why doesn't he just go burning planets? Well, because this makes his body... Because he's got is, a lot of them. Sure, but his body is actively falling apart. Like, he's attached to a big fucking Gladys from Portal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but why doesn't he get one of them cool Vader RoboCop outfits? Yeah, see, this is yeah. one thing I wanted to mention. Because, like, Vader was we practically, watching. like, the $6 million man. <laughs> That's true. Every yeah. time Darth Vader, like, <laughs> left. Yeah, it was... uh, one thing, no, but this is something that I wanted to That breathing that Vader was doing was just him doing the... <laughs> <laughs> it was just slowed down, so it sounded weird. Yeah, but right? yeah, it is kind of lame that the Emperor is just suspended on a big space stick. Yeah. Couldn't correct. he have gotten like a fucking Ripley load lifter or something? Right. No, or, if or Robot Nixon is Robot Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't he have like a Gundam or something? Ooh, that'd be so cool. And this is a movie series that, by the way, uh, in episode one, when Senator Palpatine needed to talk to the Nemoidians, he had a fucking little spider chair. Yeah. You could easily have today a spider chair. No, no more spider chairs. I guess. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, spider we... chairs were outlawed. <laughs> Wasn't there like a uh, a villain in X Men that had a spider chair? That was um, uh, it's like a blob that sat on a thing. It was the guy who ran the arcade world. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I knew him from the cartoon or the comics, but I'm pretty sure he was a hard boss in X Men Two. On Isn't Sega. he just Correct. arcade? I think he might just arcade. be in arcade. Yeah. yeah. D, what's your opinion on arcade, the X Men villain? Yeah, you know the guy. He was so hard in X Men Two. <laughs> <laughs> Your silence speaks volumes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. So, uh, yeah, the Emperor's like, I have the largest fleet ever. It's called the Final Order. The I'm... Final Order. 
I, I, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, he's got, like, thousands of new Star Destroyers. Which are super intimidating because it fills the sky like the arrows of the Spartans in the Battle of Thermopylae. Those are Persians. You're Persians. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> also, they also break through the crust of the planet, yeah. too. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And up until this point, it's just like, all right, the return of Palpatine, pretty fan service but like, I don't know, not actively bad. But then he says, be careful when you fight Rey. She's not who you think she is. And my fucking spider sense started electrocuting me. Ooh, that's terrible. Cut to... That's a rough spider you got bit by. <laughs> I was bitten by a radioactive fandom. <laughs> John, that actually makes a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> so far, I've managed to avoid the symbiote suit of toxic gatekeeping. Ooh. But only just barely. <laughs> uh, so, now we cut to... Uh, Ray, she's floating in the woods with some rocks around her, because that's how Jedi train, by yeah. floating rocks. You know it. Uh, and well, she's then, attempting to commune with the voices of Jedi past. Yes, with all the Jedi what have come before her, but she just can't do it. So instead she decides to run the fucking aggro crag of yeah. this rebel base. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is also... She does the old tough mutter. Yeah. <laughs> It's also worth bringing up that uh, obviously this movie very clearly was meant to revolve around Princess Leia as Last Jedi revolved around Luke and Force Awakens revolved around Han Solo. But unfortunately, with the passing of Carrie Fisher, they just reused footage that they had of her from Force Awakens and Last Jedi to try to like stitch together a performance. And it sort of works sometimes, but it just feels Deeply uncanny. Yeah. It's we- yeah, well, it's weird because, A, some of the compositing they do is very bad. Yeah. Uh, B- Which, again, they only had... I mean, it's also, I think, all worth bringing up at this point that originally this movie was supposed to be directed by Colin Trevorrow. He got shit-canned about halfway through the pre-production process. So they had an incredibly tight turnaround to bring this movie in. Why did and sh- it shows. Why did they shit can that guy? And why didn't they just delay the opening? So I, don't I mean, know. this is a production company with literally all the money in the universe. So Correct. The, the, the reason he was shit canned was because he was having uh, uh, fights with Kathleen Kennedy and the people at Lucasfilm over he how he wanted to end the trilogy. Basically, it was like creative oh. differences. But the popular theory is that uh, after his movie, The Book of Henry, came out... And it was, was a colossal failure. That he was shit-canned because they were like, Goo! Oh, gotcha. But it's okay, because now he's directing the new Jurassic World again. Correct. Nice. Um, yeah, and also, as far as moving the release date, apparently that was Bob Iger's call, and he was just like, nah, Star Wars doesn't get delayed, get it done. Jesus yeah. Christ. This movie had a lot going against it, like, before it even started shooting, which is nah. unfortunate. Yeah. Nah. Uh, so, yeah, Ray runs her little obstacle course, uh, she has a little tough time with the little, uh, what is it, the probe like, droid? Ro- uh, remote training yeah. droid from yeah. fucking New Hope because heaven forbid anything in this movie not be from a previous movie. No, don't do it. Then I won't know what it is. Right? Then I'll be confused and I'll feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go down to my basement and I'll load up my computer yeah. and I will say angry things on the internet. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Girls in Star Wars, bad. Yeah. So what's, what's fucking flabbergasting about this is if you look at, and I hate 
doing this, but like the fanboys are always just like, look at how much money this movie made. It proves my point that oh, it's objectively God. this or that. Yikes. The original trilogy movies, each one made more money than the last. Even the prequels, like there was a dip for episode two, but then episode three kind of like came back. This trilogy made less money every single movie that got released. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Force Awakens made insane money because, of course, it did. It's, it's the back. first new Star Wars yeah. movie in fucking 20, However, 30 yeah. years or whatever. Uh, Last Jedi went down because, like, all the people who were excited about a Star Wars movie that were just, like, normal people were like, all right, cool. I've seen my Star Wars. Yeah, I'll catch it when it comes out on video. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Rise of Skywalker had a lot of really bad word of mouth when it came out. Yeah. Uh, so it has kind of the least box office returns. Yes. So it's just, I don't know, like, as as insular as this movie is, it, this movie speaks almost exclusively to Gen X fans of Star Wars. And, like, boy, howdy, does that kind of come through in the audience that defends this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ray, Ray finally, uh, uh, kills the remote droid by, it's actually a pretty cool move. She picks up a stick and jams it into a tree. Yeah, she throws her lightsaber to distract it. It cuts down, like, four trees. Yeah, and then she impales the robot against a tree. Well, I think we're learning in this sequence that she has trouble controlling her anger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Women and their emotions, man. So, geez. Women and their emotions. Well, would you like to have a hysterical woman at the nuclear launch button? Not I, says I. I need the cold, calculated logic of a man. What if it was that time of the month? Yeah. (laughs) I love the people who are just like, when Hillary Clinton was running for president, they're like, what if she's on her puberty? And it's like, she's (laughs) She's 70 years old. Yeah, right. She doesn't have her beard anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think... Even in the... Like... No, you never have to actually worry about that. <laughs> no, you never. wouldn't. No. You wouldn't. But Regardless it's... of age. Correct. It's still hilarious, though, that people like don't understand that. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd have to not understand it to say that anyway, right? So, <laughs> so here's the thing is, I remember distinctly, in high school, in health class, in sex ed class, the Whoa, gym... you had the, that? Yeah, taught by the gym teacher. Nice, yeah, me too. Uh, and he said specifically about uh, menstruation... Well, fellas, that's why God invented fishing. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good gym teacher. So, like, <laughs> you can see why Republicans keep winning elections, right? Oh, man. So I'll never forget my gym, my sex ed teacher, who, when discussing the diaphragm, said, I don't know how they put them in there. <laughs> I don't know how they work. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, sex ed in Canada. Yeah, was it better? <laughs> so I went to Catholic school in Ontario. Which oh. Actually, but they actually, <laughs> they actually had a program called Fully Alive with workbooks and they talked about the actual mechanics of the human body. So I didn't have a concept of what the act of sex was, but I knew there were what the parts were and what was you needed to create a baby. All right, that's and fair. And I knew about like different contraception methods. So yeah. It's actually pretty progressive for the 90s. And the Catholic school. (laughs) I was going to say, progressive for the Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there it's government funded and you can't discriminate against other faiths even if it's a separate school. Gotcha. So you still have to do certain things. Yeah. Guys, it's almost like the government is like a body of consensus that allows us to sort of like shape the society that we live in and serve as a safeguard against the more extreme elements that might want to like 
do damage to it? John, the government is an insidious group of thieves who steal money out of my paycheck. Ooh, like Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Emperor Palpatine, Ooh. Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Just like that guy. He probably taxes the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, uh, Poe, Finn, and a blob man. <laughs> a telepathic blob man. You're right. And Chewie are uh, about to meet Bulio, voiced by Mark Hamill in an uncredited voiceover appearance. How good for him. He's uh, yeah. uh, uh, passing along word that there's a mole within the First Order. And then they are immediately beset by TIE Fighters, and there's a cool space chase there. And I will say this about this movie. We're going to bag on this movie a lot, <laughs> but I, I find that most of the action stuff in this movie is handled very well. Well, I think that this chase specifically sort of encapsulates how I feel about this movie on the whole, which is they, uh, they're they in this, like, ice corridor, and it's very claustrophobic. It's reminiscent of the escape from Death Star 2 at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. And it's pretty cool. You're right. Like, they're using the environment to sort of, like, make the TIE fighters crash into things. Yeah, at one point they fire, like, on a scaffolding and drop it down in front of some skies, uh, ties, TIE, TIE fighters. fighters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they look at an ice wall and they're like, how thick do you think that is? And they just fucking ram right through it. And it's very cool. And then Poe says, I'm going to light speed skip. And it just cuts to a montage of fan service location shout outs. And I'm just Whoa. like, oh, was I oh. supposed to recognize all those places? Correct. I'm with you, Patrick. Well, one, of them, one of them is definitely best. best fit. Yeah, no, I think I definitely knew that one with the big mushroom. Places. And I want to yeah. say, no, that, that's the one with like the p- sky the, like, pipes. Sp- yeah, the, like, the big white pods, pods yeah. with yeah. the like mushroom tops. One of They're them like, was little... maybe Fallujah? I'm I not don't know. sure. Fallujah? They didn't go there <laughs> in Star Wars. That's true. That video game got canceled. Yeah, because it was very insensitive. Um, But yeah, it sort of encapsulates a lot of my feelings of like, this is very cool until it becomes an incomprehensible mishmash of things I'm supposed to recognize. I thought if you yeah. light skipped, light light speed skipped, you would hit something. Like that that's was the whole the reason you didn't do it. Yeah. Like you yeah. had to. Like that's one of Han Solo's like first lines about hyper. It's one of the first lines anyone has about hyperspeed in Star Wars. Yeah, he says if you don't plot the coordinates exactly, you could like end up in the middle of a sun or something. Right. Like but that. it turns out that light speed travel is a lot like dusting crops, boy. You yeah. just sort of do it, I guess. Nice. Nice. Which yeah. are through all my old favorite places. To be fair. They uh, fucking end up on a dune planet at one point. Because they always do. With a big fucking worm that eats up a TIE fighter. Yeah, there's always... Uh... Tremors. They're everywhere. Yeah, graboids. <laughs> can't, yeah. can't get away from them. And again, this is also very indicative of the editing style of this movie, which is no scene should last more than two minutes. Ooh, yeah. if that. Yeah, the if editing that. The editing in this movie should just be credited to cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> My God. I've never I've never seen a movie quite like this in the fact that nothing lasts more than 90 seconds. I mean, let's let's we're at 2245 right now. 22 minutes about 45 seconds. Everything we've described is like the first eight minutes of the movie. It happens so yeah. Everything quickly. is so fast. Yeah. Everything up until the last like 30 minutes of this movie goes by so quickly. It is unrelentingly paced. Yeah. 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 Uh, we also, at some point, uh, we get a hint that the force like connection between Kylo Ren and Rey is still 
active and in effect. Yeah. Yes. Where Kylo Ren starts seeing Rey's training and they have a fucking weird little previously on Star Wars flashback sequence. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's one of the two things that they kept from the last movie was that, the Force connection, mm. and then Poe's attitude towards women. Yeah. Pretty much the only two things that remain from The Last Jedi. It's like they ignore everything else that happens. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, I I don't want to get into a whole lot of, like, conspiracy theorizing. Because, like, fucking none of us were there. We don't know what went into making these creative decisions. But I would say the incredibly fast turnaround time just means that a lot of the movie ends up being just unthought through. You know? Yeah. It seems like they, they had beats that they wanted to hit for super fans, but for a casual fan like me, I'm just like, Where, where's the story? Yeah. yeah. What so the hell like, is going on right now, and why do I care? Yeah. At this point, kind of like, how are you feeling about this movie at this point, D, as just like a casual fan who just likes the space movies? It's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Colors. Movie. So it doesn't feel like the culmination of 40 years of cinematic <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> Which it is feels a... like every season of Felicity after she cut her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very accurate. Wow. Very true. Post haircut Felicity. That's kind of another. Uh... Also, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Uh, and and JJ and a lot of the other uh, you know actors and and people that worked on this movie in the run up to it did say like, oh, it was so hard coming up with a with the culmination of forty years of movie. Whew. To which I say. Don't do that. <laughs> you can just end your movie. You don't need to worry about Empire Strikes Back or Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It can just be a movie. Especially since fucking Palpatine is dead. There's no reason to bring him back except to have him in the movie. Yeah. So, like, that whole thread is purely for this payoff. There is a quote from, I believe, the co-writer of this movie who said, like, yeah, after about 30 seconds about talking about Emperor Palpatine coming back, we all knew it was the right thing to do. To which I say, give it another 30 seconds. Yeah, maybe. Right? Well, that's Chris Terrio, who I Sleep believe was it. also the writer of Batman v Superman. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, everyone ends up back at the Rebel base. Uh, there's some more badly composited Leia footage where she's saying out-of-context lines from rehearsal that have been... Uh, just shoved in and yeah. everyone's been forced to say dialogue that fits around it. Yep. It's very awkward. And I think that this is kind of double frustrating uh, because uh, at at some point, basically Ray is saying like, this training just isn't working. I'm just not getting it. I think I need to like stop so that I can join the resistance fight. But like, uh, and Leia says something like, don't be afraid of who you are. And as she's leaving, Ray just says, yes, master. And it's just like, master Leia Organa is such a, fucking cool idea that it is just like double heartbreaking that we yeah. got this like again because of circumstances outside of everybody's control this really like compromised version of it is I feel like, really disappointing. I feel like the best call would have been to just not have her in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. The best call would have been ha have her die in between the movies and dedicate up like the beginning of the movie to that. Yeah. Like where do you go when your leader is done? Let them let them that make that an obstacle. Make it mean something as opposed to this movie that when she dies it's just kind of like all right. Well, when she dies, I felt, it's I this weird more... side thing that's happening. Like, her dying right. is ancillary she to that gets, fight. She gets sidelined in the yeah, movie, and right. she's yeah. Princess goddamn Leia. Oof. So anyways, because we got to move on. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, we're getting to the laundry list section of this movie, yeah. which will go by Ooh, pretty yeah. quick. So, 
they they realize that they have to find a, a Sith Wayfinder so they can get to the planet of Exegol because that's where Emperor Palpatine is and he's got his ships and blah, blah, blah. So Ray's like, I'm going to join the fight. And they're like, cool. So they're going to fly to this planet called Pasana because that's the last known location of some guy named Ochi's ship. Yeah, who Luke Skywalker was tracking down Sith, like, artifacts and acolytes to try to, like, fucking do his weird little, like, pre-start-up-the-Jedi-order Yeah, research. Luke Luke was monuments menning around the galaxy <laughs> post-Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's a pretty nice culturally significant national treasure you got there. Be a shame if some Jedi came and took it. <laughs> By the way, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> Give me it. <laughs> Just, like, breaking noses with his robot <laughs> hand. <laughs> uh... So they go to Pasana, and the whole big thing is that it's like this uninhabited sort of desert, another deserty planet. But when they get there, uh-oh, it's Burning Man. It, it's, it's uh oh, all music festivals. Yeah. Well, that's where they had to relocate due to coronavirus. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. none of those people are practicing anything close to social yeah. distancing. No, no. Well, yeah, Ja Rule put it together to save face from the fire festival. Yeah, there you go. That explains why everyone was eating just cheese sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, the people of Pasana appear to be these, like, sort of... Uh, ganaches. There are a lot of ganaches. It's, let's just say it. Ah, yeah. they're shrimp elephants. Yeah, they're shrimp, they're shrimp okay. elephants. Was I the only one freaked out by the tiny... Shrimp elephants. Oh, the babies? Yeah. yeah. No, they were very creepy. They laughed like humans, and I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really didn't. Like, they were they were very detailed animatronic puppets, which already is just kind of like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, to have a human laugh come out of I'm that is just like... Laugh. And they're kind of like... The, the whatever, whatever vinyl they used for the face is kind of shiny. Yeah. 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 And like Star Wars is known for its puppet aliens having fucking cool laughs. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. Good ones. Good ones. All We're around. doing great. Yep. Uh, also, another thing kind of worth noting is uh, I don't know if y'all noticed, but Maz Kanata is an animatronic in this one, which explains why she moves real fucking weird. It also explains why she's only in two scenes of the movie. Yeah. Uh. Uh, it's it's really very distracting. Once you notice the way that she's just way too smooth, it, the, it's really distracting. There's a point where Maz Kanata, like, closes her eyes a little bit and then you can see like the rotors in the yeah. irises shutting basically Ooh, man. it just it just doesn't look right and like that's which not one to was Maz Kanata? uh the small alien with buttholes for eyes oh that was talking to um ray there was like leia needs to go now her planet needs her oh okay. yeah yeah it's hard to remember because she only had one less scene than rose right right, right 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 speaking of which rose tico um, yeah we accidentally skipped over a main named character in this movie much like the movie did <laughs> yeah. yeah so rose tico one of my favorite characters from the last jedi yeah she fucking uh, rules is sidelined by this film because why do you need a mechanic on your ship that keeps breaking down famously keeps yeah, breaking you're down at this point because it has a cameo in Revenge of the Th- uh, in Revenge of the Sith uh, has to be at least sixty to seventy years old by this point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need a mechanic. Sure. Why would you? Yeah, you got that no arm grub guy. He doesn't come. No, he oh, doesn't. that's right. He doesn't come. <laughs> yep. <Good> God. <laughs> it's only this movie's a mess. It's just it's Poe, Finn, Ray, Chewie, and three PO for some reason. And BB-8. 
And BB-8. Yeah. yeah. So they, they go off to Pasana there. They're at the music festival. C-3PO has a very annoying fan service line of like, this festival only happens 42 after every 42 years, which is, hey, Star Wars is 42 years old. I get it. It's still an awkward length of time for a festival. Correct. Yes. Very correct. It could end in a zero or a five. Or maybe because yeah, I grew up with metric. I don't know. Right. Or it could just go without mention. Ooh, that's true. Oh. Could... Yeah, that's probably the better that's plan. That's really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could just be a alien festival. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ray and Kylo Ren have another sort of force, force joining. Chat. And Kylo Ren is able to reach into... Raise yeah, our world and grab her Mardi Gras necklace that she got and rips it off without her. having to take her top off. By the way, that's true. A small child gave it to yeah, her. Yeah, this is All some weird Gulf was... Coast Mardi Gras. This is not the real deal. <laughs> All she had to do was give her name. Yeah, and she only gave half. True. Well, she doesn't have a family name. Yeah, and that means her she's... last name is Solo. <laughs> that's right. I learned that in another movie. <laughs> So, uh, so Kylo Ren finds out where she is, and he immediately sends uh, a legion of stormtroopers. Yeah. And I mean immediately, as in they show up thirty seconds later. Yeah, no, they're on the ground. Ass. Yeah. Uh, and then one of them quickly takes. Well, a... one of them does say uh, when they're walking through the the crowd. Uh, Poe does say, "Like, careful, there's first order agents." There's he says, "There's always for things always like this. There's always patrols." Yeah. Yeah. So and they're just like alerting the fucking mall cops that they already positioned there. Paul Blart is gonna jump on his fucking Segway. <laughs> and they got spotted because in between the being spotted and getting into the desert and her... Or this is right after the Kylo Ren visit then. Yes, yeah. this is right yeah. after the Kylo Ren visit. Yeah. And then uh, one of the stormtroopers goes, I found them! And then takes an arrow through the fucking eye. Yeah, yeah. he does. And who is it? Oh, it's a guy in disguise who leads them to a slow-moving mobile home. And who <laughs> is it? It's Lando! And let's be very honest. Lando in this movie is clearly living hashtag van life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To the point where I'm pretty sure he's got AOL CDs hanging from his yes, ceiling. Absolutely. Yeah. But he does have a fucking alien chauffeur and he's just like, hey, take us out to the desert. And the chauffeur just says, okay! <laughs> Done. Uh, Fucking Lil John. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we find out that Lando was on Luke's uh, Jedi Sith relic hunting spree. Yeah, he was but, bowing around. But then he landed up Basan and was like, I like this empty place and I hear in 30-something years yeah. there's going to be a festival. <laughs> I think I want to check that out. Yeah. Right. So we just... Stayed. It's not like he has, you know, uh, a city in the sky what just toppled the fascist regime that had taken it over and could maybe use some help in rebuilding a democratic society. He's also a, he was also a general in the rebellion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would have been like a fucking senator now. Right? Yeah. But instead, instead, he's just like, I'm going to hang out in the desert and shoot people with arrows. Yeah. I'm Lando. Well, it's a lot like the ending of Animal House, where people end up in places you don't necessarily expect them to. <laughs> That's right. John Belushi becomes a senator. And if you're at Universal Studios, ask for Babs. <laughs> uh, anyways, that movie's bad. Uh, Correct. Anyways. I'm going to go ahead and say most National Lampoon adjacent movies from the 80s don't hold up. Yeah, it's nah. very true. Uh, so anyways, they are now what follows is a big sort of like speeder barge chase. Uh, it's yeah. pretty cool. But what's cool about this one, D? You had a thing about this you like. Oh, I like how the 
uh, first order. The stormtroopers like get launched off these little motorcycle things, which is pretty cool. But then they're surprised that they fly. But you guys said jetpacks have existed. Yeah, Bubble oh, Fett yeah. had a fucking jetpack. <laughs> and that was like eight his movies ago. Father before him. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Fett. They called him. Yeah. Please, please, Mr. <laughs> Fett lives in Florida. <laughs> Call him Django. <laughs> it's like those hydraulic cars with that, that bounce a lot, and yeah. then yeah. bounces right up, and the stormtrooper flies right out. It's great. Yeah, yeah that's what I will tell you. There's, there's the stormtroopers on the front were all tone loke. Yeah, <laughs> they were all pumping the chronic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did wait for someone to get out and ghost walk the whip. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a big old chase scene with flying stormtroopers. It's pretty all right. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. all right. I like the speeders with like the cool tank treads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is cool. I, I do wish that we had more Return of the Jedi bone crunching hits, though. Yeah. Oh, only... yeah. The biggest letdown of this is that one of the speeders gets shot into the air, and we get a big, like, great shot of the speeder falling to the ground, but we don't see the rider, and that yeah. disappointed the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. There is one where a speeder like crashes into a rock, and you kind of see off in the corner the guy kind of just rolled yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Nothing like in. Return of the Jedi, where you see a real live stuntman smash spine first into a Whoa, tree. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. So good. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, eventually get shot down and then flung into a pit of quick gravel. Yeah. Sinky sand, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, I'll just reach in and pull out my legs, and now I will retrieve my arms with my face. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no problem. Well, I mean, the best part about this sinky sand is it sinks you down into some, like, cavern system. No biggie. Yeah, it drops you into the fucking yeah. underneath Paris catacombs. Yeah, this movie does this a lot, and I think I was warned about this, but there's a whole <laughs> lot of, oh, shit, this thing happened, but it doesn't mean anything, and everything's fine. There are almost zero stakes in this movie. <laughs> But at this point, uh, as they're sinking, uh, they believe it is the final moments of our heroes. And Finn says, Ray, there's something I've always been meaning to tell you. And then they sink into the caverns. And Ray's like, what was that thing you wanted to tell me? Don't worry about it. And it's literally never resolved. It's brought up maybe three more times over the course of the movie to make sure that you don't forget about it. And never paid off. Yeah. It, John, do they pay it off in the book? In the novelization, uh, they make it pretty clear that Finn is Force-sensitive, and he was going to tell Ray that he has always felt the Force. Uh, in the movie, it's clearly pay- played like, Ray, I've always loved you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but again, the the book is very much a day one patch on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, you put your disc in, and you're super excited to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, and you're like, install. Well, okay. And it finally installs, and you launch it, and it says, update mandatory. <laughs> no! That still hasn't happened yet. My copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake has been delayed on Amazon. I've had it paid off for literally a year. (laughs) (laughs) It's not essential, John. Says you, I need to know what Cloud and Tifa and Barrett are up to. It's a remake of a game you've already played. That's not the point. Read the Wikipedia entry, buddy. (laughs) It'll tell you what Shinra's up to. (laughs) So uh, they uh, they fall down into this pit, and then, oh no, there's a big sandworm! What? Sand and a worm? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I love how you just gave up. Yeah, well, there's tremors everywhere, D. There's everywhere. tremors everywhere. It just gets boring. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is literally... It is like every movie you've ever seen. This is literally faster. the second sandworm we've had in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Correct. 
Uh, so they're all ready to shoot the sandworm, and Ray says, nah, check this out. And the sandworm's just got a little boo-boo. And Ray is able to use the force to transfer some of her life force into the sandworm to heal the wound, to, like, force heal. Yeah. I want to know... And then the sandworm just, like, pieces the fuck out, and they start looking at the cool dagger. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a violent sandworm. It just was hurt and cranky. Yeah. When I yeah. stub my toe, my wife better not say an exhaust scream. <laughs> you gotta let me take care of this boo boo before you ask me for water. Yeah, that's uh, so they find Ochi's land speeder, uh, and more importantly, his bones, and doubly more importantly, a dagger. A dagger. And on that dagger, this dagger will become possibly the most frustrating object. In all of Star Wars. It's yeah. the most MacGuffin-y MacGuffin, whatever lived to MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. You need it for stuff, probably. So there are Sith runes on it that C-3PO can read and understand, and it's instructions on how to get to the Wayfinder, but he can't translate it because it's against his programming. Which pointless! Is entirely pointless. Pointless plot device. Here's, a, here's something. Couldn't he... He can't say it out loud... But couldn't he have couldn't just... charades? Yeah. Or Write take, it down? Or take the wheel and fly them there? <laughs> <laughs> or just put the location Program in the computer? Yeah. We know he could talk to the computer on the Millennium Falcon. It has He's a very peculiar it. dialect. He's done it so many times. Yeah, it's fucking Fleabag. Yeah. yeah. But this movie, like I said earlier, is like... It's an escape room where you have to get a bunch of little clues to lead to the next clue. And if you're in there the whole time, you just leave thinking, well, that was a thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Correct. That's true. That's yeah. very true. Uh, but uh-oh, the First Order has landed some troop ships on the planet to fucking capture them up. And who do they snatch up? But beloved fan favorite, giant walking dog Chewbacca. No! He's got the dagger. He's got the dagger. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, I fucking love Chewbacca very much. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. And you better believe when I go to Galaxy's Edge, I'm going to find me a Chewbacca and give it a hug. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, like, if ever there was a I character mean, to use... if you're allowed to touch yes. people ever again. Because consent is a big part of this movie, John. That's true. Because Star Wars fans apparently needed to be lectured on consent. Hey, yeah, have they you probably seen... did. Have they you... probably did. Again, this movie is laser-focused at Gen X Star Wars fans. You've seen Gen X Star Wars fans. Yeah. They could use a refresher on consent. Well, they're the kind of guys who are just like, I made you this Star Wars shirt. Oh, thank you. You're not going to blow me? What the hell? I, I think they can be summed up most accurately by, this is the only place we can make these kinds of jokes anymore. Yeah. Mm. Also, they did alternate watching Star Wars and Porky's in their formative years. Correct. So they just, the wires got crossed. Yeah, so they probably yeah. just don't have a healthy understanding of society. But yeah, I, my point about Chewbacca is if there were ever a character to use to pull at specifically my heartstrings and elicit a sharp emotional response, it is Chewbacca. And they try and they Fucking fail. Yeah, he's they, on the troop ship and he's flying away and then Ray stops him with force powers and Kylo Ren stops her and then she lightning bolts it. Yeah, she uh, unleashes an unwitting blast of force lightning which explodes the troop transport ship that they believe Chewbacca to be on. And at Never this mind, point in the movie, I guess because of the pacing, I felt nothing. Yeah, I, Well, I gasped in the theater when I watched it because I yeah. was like, 
something big just happened and yeah. that was big like they were saving it for this but the fact that the rest of the scene do- feels so rushed was like they would not rush the emotional impact of killing Chewbacca well, I mean, like that's, this that's the thing it's like it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Chewbacca dies and then Finn's like we gotta go we gotta go and it's all we gotta get off the planet before the first order comes and then maybe two minutes and we see Chewbacca yeah, alive and, in uh, fucking Damon Gleeson is just like there was a second ship that they didn't know about I don't know why I'm telling you, right. Richard E. Grant, yeah. this information. You Despite didn't need to know it. The fact that we saw two ships in the first establishing yeah. shot. Like, we're not idiots. Well, yeah. never mind. But still, <laughs> they yeah. give you no time for him to be dead. So I think Correct. that's why it never exactly never feels anything. Yeah. Also, yeah. at this point, Kylo Ren has rebuilt his helmet with cool red marks oh, on man. it. And yeah. the guy who rebuilt his helmet for him, Space Chimp... <laughs> Space Chimp. Yeah. Space Chimp with welding visor. Absolutely. is pretty cool. He is pretty rad. Uh, so they fucking, they're on the fucking Sith ship. Uh, they find a little cone droid with a wheel. Uh, and they're just like, oh, what piece of merchandise are you? D.O., I'll look forward to seeing you at my local Target. Oh, nice. He contributes nothing, nothing. to the plot whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, if you go to try to like give him a pat, he scoots back and says, no, thank you. No, thank you. Voiced by J.J. Abrams. Fair Ugh. enough. I mean, good for you. Yeah. I can't, no. I can't no. begrudge it. No. <laughs> Patrick, you think if I get within 500 yards of a filming Star Wars movie, I'm not going to fucking find a way to put my dumb face or voice in that oh, movie? Oh, for John, sure. Same here. John. So, I can only, so I can only applaud J.J. Abrams for his restraint of not trying to play Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> no. John, you don't understand. J.J. Abrams took a giant shit all over my beloved sci-fi franchise <laughs> explicitly because he was supposed to do a good job with yours. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> all right. I will say this. I will argue that the, actually the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie is a pretty solid Star Trek. It has it's, a good flavor of original yeah, Trek. It's a pretty decent movie. It's not a great Star Trek. Well, I will say, say oh, I'm sorry, we can't all have a fucking Star Trek where episode one, we drive into a space fence. Yes, we can. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I just started watching TNG and I can't tell you how fucking bananas the first, because your first episode is, oh, we haven't had Star Trek in like 30 years. What should we do? I know, it's extra dimensional super god who has a space fence that turns into a floating phantasm ball. I hope we fix it with torpedoes. (laughs) And then what happens in the next episode? Oh, I don't know. Data fucks. Nice. Nice. Why? Because there's some water that makes people fuck. Nice. (laughs) That's the first two episodes of Next Generation. You may have noticed that those two episodes were made when Gene Roddenberry was still alive and exerting his creative control over the project. The first four or five episodes of TNG are all callbacks to the original series. Yeah. And it is is awful. It's the worst. I'm sure. I hate that Data has nipples. I hate that <laughs> I hate that Data's nipples respond to the weather. <laughs> I I understand. I understand that Data is a fully functioning uh, uh, android who is fluent in many techniques as Correct. he tells oh, yeah. the whole quote. in his yeah. positronic brain. Yeah. Right. But I absolutely hate that the guy who designed him was like, what should I make my super robot look like? A 40-year-old man with a receding hairline? 
Yep, that's that's the one. You know what? Not far enough. Let's make him look jaundiced. <laughs> <laughs> Give him cat's eyes. <laughs> like I don't. I haven't gotten you know that far. It's I've, not going to get better. That show is fucking bananas. The best part about Star Trek is that it's surreal as fuck. But I will, and everybody fucks all the. Time. I can't I wait to you... see the episode where Beverly Crusher fucks a ghost. Oh yeah, yeah. that happens. That's a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I good kept episode. saying. I kept saying that's the one I'm waiting for. That one in the flute episode. Oh. You don't know what I'm talking about mm. with the flute yes. episode. Mm. Well, we did we did get to see uh the episode where Riker plays the trombone. Yeah. In well, the that comes back. That comes back. That's a running feature yeah. of Riker. No. It's his big band jazz obsession. If I recall He's the original Whiplash. You're like two and a half, three, maybe four seasons before that show actually gets decent. Yeah. Okay. Here's the piece of advice. The that... first one and two are definitely rough. Wait. I know. I remember that. Every fan gives this to every new fan of TNG. Just fast forward until you find an episode where Riker has a beard. Yes, that yeah. is a really good call. When Frake shows up with the beard, things have clearly improved a level. But it was season one where you get the shut up, Wesley. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, shitting on Wesley will go on for some time. Don't yeah, worry yeah, about that. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. We'll shit on Wesley well into season six or seven. Oh, good. <laughs> until he walks off with the Traveler. Yeah. Correct. He becomes fucking Space Baby from 2001. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, good so, stuff. So anyways, <laughs> speaking of uh, deeply frustrating science fiction... Let's get back to Star Wars. Uh, Look, so fucking, I, Hold on. I really want to talk about the space fence some more. <laughs> <laughs> it was well painted and grid-like. <laughs> it's literally a chain-link space fence. Yeah. And then Q was like... Oh, but what if I dressed as a Napoleon? <laughs> oh, Ooh. Q is the best. Of course he dressed like Napoleon. Here's the thing. He's right. Q fucking rules. Yeah. Q is pretty rad. We watched the episode where he gives Riker Q powers and yeah. it immediately corrupts Riker. Oh, yeah. And what my favorite part of that episode is at the end when he's like his final test uh, is to basically like he's like I'm going to give everybody what they desire and he goes to Wesley and he's like Wesley this is what you've always wanted and then turns him into the hunkiest <laughs> man ever so, so far from reality oh man just nice so he's and it's just like, Wesley Crusher is 17 years old he ain't growing anymore <laughs> he's not gonna be 7 feet tall and look like Rocky from Rocky Horror Picture nice. Show nice. just a hunky blonde but I do. and he's the only and, and and, and Wesley's the only one who accepts the gift and is like, fuck yeah, look at me. I got abs, bro. I deeply love that uh, multiple episodes, including the finale of Next Generation, is built around the conceit of an omnipotent, multidimensional god creature is just like, I'm going to irritate this English Frenchman and his Starfleet vessel. Yeah. yeah. In the first episode, he shows up, he makes the space fence, he goes, I'm the Q, we're better than you. Now I'm holding you in contempt of space. <laughs> and then they have Oh, the Q trials get better and oh, more ludicrous. Yeah, all the time. Uh, he takes him to a literal, a post-apocalyptic war trial. Yeah. 
We're a bunch of mutants sitting judgment Buddy, of them. Strap all the way in. I'm pretty sure I remember an episode where Q sends him back to Robin Hood times as part of a tribunal. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> he finds him guilty of not living in Robin Hood times. <laughs> and therefore sentences him to live in Robin Hood times. Mm. My kind of show. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> anyway. We're cutting this all out, right? Nope. No. No, no. No, this stays in. <laughs> Nothing gets cut out. If this runs longer than the movie, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> it so, wouldn't be the first time. Our bits are going longer than any given scene in the film we watched. Very though. true. One hundred. We are getting to probably my favorite new character in all of Disney Star Wars. Correct. Uh, because we need, we figured out a way to get the information out of three PO. We basically need to fucking hack him and do a hard reset on his brain so that he can translate Sith powers. He specifically says it's a very dangerous and simple procedure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they need a master like hardware hacker for it, and there's only one tiny, sweet alien creature for the job. So they go to the planet Kajimi, uh, which is uh, thankfully just a planet. It's kind of like a space favela from Brazil. Like, all the buildings are kind of yeah. built on top yeah. of each other. Yeah, yeah, it's it's based it. off of the sort of the city in the mountains from Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. And oh, you okay. can definitely see there is a lot of, like, Japanese architecture influence. Oh, okay. Well, you really can't, because the scenes in the actual streets are dark as fuck. Oh, that's true. This yeah. is from the Making of documentary. Oh, nice. No, I bet they are cool in the Making also, of documentary. Also, fun fact of the Making of documentary that comes on the Blu-ray and digital release, it is mostly archival interviews with the original trilogy cast in the 70s. <laughs> because there is such a thing as being too on the nose, I guess. Yeah, supposedly. So uh, when they get to Kajimi, they are pretty much, uh, they sneak around for a little bit, but then they are Reset. intercepted by the Rocketeer. Yeah. Uh, Zori, as played by Carrie Russell of Felicity fame. Mm -hmm. Can't see your hair, can't tell if it's long or short. Although, uh, quality of the movie it's suggests short. it's short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure after that one career move, it stayed long as forever after that. That's true, I don't think I've ever seen her with short hair since then. Oh, once she grew it out and it stayed out. <laughs> I, I bet you she's got like a short wig some point in the Americans. Which we have not watched. Mm -hmm. But I've got to assume if she's a Russian spy, at some point she puts on the Natasha wig. Yeah, at some point yeah, she's nice. got to have yeah. that seductress wig. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but she is very pointedly not a seductress in this role until she is. Is she? She's pretty much seducting not right in this... the back. No, but they treat the revelation that Poe was a spice runner as some huge, like, big thing of his backstory. Yeah. And it's like, well, fuck. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did things before they were in the resistance. Yeah. Also, your most famous general, Han Solo, was just a straight-up smuggler. Yeah. Correct. So why is it a big deal, fuckos? Uh, but fucking Carrie Russell is just like, hey, Poe did some shit to me that I'm mad at him about. What was it? Don't worry about it. Kessel Run, I guess. Uh, and I then there's the... a little fighty fight, yeah. and then uh, and then and then she's like, Ray, you're okay. And Ray then, Ray yeah. uh, uses her staff to fucking take down all the goons, and then threatens Carrie Russell with a lightsaber, and she's just like, huh, I like you. Yeah, yeah, she says, not that you care, but you're okay. And then yeah. Ray says, I do care. And then helps her up. And then they go to the workshop of one Mr. Babu, Babu Frick. Frick. <laughs> the single greatest... 
the single greatest <laughs> Star Wars character since Dexter Jester. Oh, so great. And so they keep great. the screen time short, which is what makes they don't it more yeah. yeah, they don't. He doesn't have to carry a scene. He's a cute, tiny little puppet man who actually looks like he was transported over from like Men in Black world. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he looks like I he would fit that. right in at the MIB headquarters, and he has the voice of. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a British woman doing the voice. It's Shirley Henderson, uh, but he has the voice of like. A twelve, like a ten-year-old, twelve-year-old boy, but like a party animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a twelve-year-old mixed with Duff Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just does like this. Hey, what are you, the bubble friend? And he speaks a total hey. alien language of gibberish that is not translated uh, with like subtitles or anything, except every now and then, success. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> He fucking, he boos C-3PO's brain, yeah. which is awesome. Boo. Uh, but he fucking hacks up uh, C-3PO's brain, and there's a really emotional moment where uh, Anthony Daniels gives a really good performance where uh, Ray says, like, look, we can do this procedure, but it will wipe out your memory, uh, and we can't force you to do this. this. Like, we're letting you make the decision about whether or not you think it's worth it. Uh, and C-3PO is silent, and uh, Poe is just like, what are you doing, buddy? And he's just like, just taking one last look of my friends. And I was like, that's genuinely emotional. It will have no consequences and be undone by the end of the movie. Sure, again. Very frustratingly. There are no stakes. Yeah. And they wiped him before. Correct. Why can't he just be wiped again? Also correct. Especially because yeah. wiped C-3PO is fun. Correct. Yeah. It's the first time C-3PO's been fun in like six movies. Yeah. Absolutely. It is deeply frustrating that they fucking go backsies on this almost immediately. One of the, the most I've laughed at a Star Wars movie is later on C-3PO says, Babu Frick is my oldest friend. <laughs> and it... <laughs> It still makes me laugh. It's so funny. Because it works on two levels. One, Babu Frick is one of the only people he knows. And two, he's only had memory for like six hours. Well, I mean, that was my favorite line is when he wakes back up after he gets rebooted. He's like, I'm C-3PO, human Android. Human cyborg relations. Yeah. And you are? Babu Frick! And, goes, and everybody's uh, like, Poe's like, uh, well, this is no good. But Babu Frick goes, Babu Frick! It's so great. Nice to meet you. Uh, but meanwhile, fucking Poe Dameron and uh, Azuzu are... So, her name's Zori. Yeah. Sure, that's a less stupid name. Azuzu is the fish princess from Ocarina of Time. And, oh, yeah. And Puzuzu is the devil <laughs> from The Exorcist. Uh, but they have a fucking chat up on the roof where she reveals that she has like a first order captain's badge that'll grant them free passage to any... Hyperlane or vessel under the control of the First Order. Yeah, yes. she got it off the dead body of Victor Laszlo. Oh, Dynamite <laughs> Casablanca joke there, guy. Oh, you are. Well, she doesn't give it to him yet. She just presents right. it. Right. Yeah. We're just known of its existence. It'll become important because, oh, oh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, the Knights of yeah. Ren show up. This is the most we've seen the Knights of Ren in a movie. It's the only time we've seen... Well, no, we saw them like super briefly in the flashback of Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. So the Knights of Ren are a bunch of Kylo Ren-looking goons who all carry just straight-up regular weapons. Just knives and axes yeah, old, yeah. Like, stabs one of them has a very Final Fantasy like sword where the blade 
uh, is just like eight feet long <laughs> and like four feet thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but fucking Kylo Ren is uh, all up in this business. Shaking people down. Uh, and they, they're like, oh shit, we gotta get out of here. But Ray looks up at the Star Destroyer and is like, oh, Chewie's in that Star Destroyer. I know, because of the Force. Which, like, alright, fine. Whatever. Like, this is still treated like a big revelation. But right. like, the movie, no. Yeah, the movie acts like we don't know Chewie's alive. Right. Like, everybody in the audience was yeah. like, man, Chewie just died. I better go pee real quick. Yeah. And then got back, we're like, what did I miss? And they're <laughs> See, like, no, nothing. You joke, but the first time we saw this in, the- in theaters, I did have to go pee, and I missed 70% of Rose Tico. <laughs> oh, you mean you missed one line? Correct. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they fucking get the the chat from uh, fucking Zoro Azuzu, uh, and no, they're wait, like, "That's Fish Princess." Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, "All right, we're gonna go onto the Star Destroyer. We're gonna rescue Chewie. We're gonna get the dagger, and we're gonna fuck off." Um, Classic. Right? Smash and grabbing out. Yeah. Simple and easy. Oh, and when Babu Frick hacked C-3PO, he had the dagger translated in his memory, so he just said, like, oh, the dagger is how you find the Wayfinder. Approach from the south. Bye. It's on a moon. Uh, it's in the Endor a, yeah, system. in the Endor blah, system. Blah, 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 blah. Numbers tell me where it is later. Yeah. yeah. So they go up to the Star Destroyer. They do a little, uh, they split the party up. Yeah. <laughs> Rey goes by herself. Everyone else goes to get uh, Chewbacca. Yeah. Ray goes to Kylo Ren's room, which is uh, fastidiously cleaned and has a bunch of like uh, artifacts and stuff. Yeah. Fucking Funko Pop, as far as the eye can see. Posters of the wrestler Sting and posters (laughs) of Pamela Anderson and (laughs) other awesome stuff. That is not a guy's room. That was weird. It should at least have one poster of I Want to Believe. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would have been as fuck. Einstein sticking his oh, tongue out. Man. Not not one single Che Guevara poster. <laughs> All you've got is some pedestal with some busted ass looking Vader skull on it. And how, here's how does he sleep? Uh, on his back. I think he hangs upside down like there's a no, bat. Because there's no bed in his room. No, there's no bed. There's just artifacts. Does he masturbate standing up? He would have to. Can he use the force? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Especially if you're I feel like that's a no no if you're on if you're a Jedi. Bob but Sith, baby. But for your, as a Sith. Sith. Yeah. Ooh, but yeah. here's the thing. Uh, can a Sith like mind trick themselves into just having an instant orgasm? Oh shit. I mean you can dream one, I'm sure you pr- could do that. Yeah. Mm, the mind yeah. is a very powerful tool we're learning. <laughs> <laughs> can he mind trick himself into going tantric like the musicians game? <laughs> Uh, the world is full of great stings, guys. <laughs> okay, you've named two. Name one That's more. all I got. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not even the cool sword that glows when orcs are nearby? That's a third sting. Ooh. True. Isn't there a movie? Sting? There is the, the movie, movie sting. sting. Yeah, with yeah. Paul Newman. Yeah, and Jackie That's a good Gleason. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Any other stings? <laughs> honorable mentions. We got any honorable mentions stings? <laughs> <laughs> so they're on the fucking First Order Star Destroyer. <laughs> Uh, Poe and Finn Always Full of guards Get yeah. shot They go through a little Corridor shooter Of fucking Knocking out some Some fucking First order goons Reasonably well shot uh, At one point They're beset by Some first order goons And Ray does the Jedi mind trick It's okay that we're here And I swear to god One of those stormtroopers Is uh, 
Ryan Reynolds. I tried looking up who those stormtroopers were, and I could not find anything. I it ha, it sounds so. It's got the cadence and delivery of Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it was like in the Mandalorian when Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally showed up yeah. as those two stormtroopers at the very end, and I was like, "You were like, where they want to punch Baby Yoda?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, weird that Kevin Smith was allowed to guest direct 20 minutes of a Mandalorian episode. <laughs> Kevin Smith also plays a stormtrooper in... In uh, Force uh, Awakens. Force, oh, no, in... Uh, oh, in this one, too. Yeah. I want to I, I be friends with J.J. Abrams. I know, right? <laughs> Put me in all your Star Wars, buddy. J.J. Abrams might let me play with one of his sweet, cool synthesizers. Ooh, that is true. But then he'll talk to you about his mystery box. What do you think is in it, you guys? A polar bear for, for no reason. <laughs> no. No, it's fucking trick handcuffs and a fucking marked deck. It's garbage. What's in that mystery box of magic tricks is garbage. If it was good, they wouldn't have to sell it to you as a mystery box. That's the (laughs) fundamental flaw with your whole theory of filmmaking is that the answer is always it's garbage. Because if it was good, we wouldn't make it a mystery. Isn't it interesting? I I 100% agree with you. And isn't it interesting that I would say his best, like most successful movie as a movie is Mission Impossible 3, oh, the yeah. movie that requires dumb mysteries and MacGuffins to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because and also those... benefits from having one of the best villain performances in recent oh, years, yeah. of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> because in the Mission Impossible movies, they know their MacGuffins are bullshit. Yeah. They're like the points in whose line is it anyway, and they know it. Right. Yeah, like the operation is the deal, not the getting of the MacGuffin and the quickly moving on to the next thing. But in every other J.J. Abrams project, it is like, oh, no, 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 the answer is the most important thing. What, uh, was he, how much of MI3 was he allowed to write? None of it, as far as I know. That might be the sticker right there. That's also, that's probably the problem. Yeah. 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 You let that guy just direct, it's a couple of lens flares and not so bad. <laughs> but if he writes... And Tom Cruise getting fucking sideswiped by a missile explosion. Yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> I bet right. Oh, he co-wrote it with uh, Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi. So oh, like, his Star Trek buddies. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Jeez. Uh, not even that then. Fun fact, Orsi is a 9-11 truther. Gross. Right. Nice. That explains Into Darkness. Oh, man. I haven't met a 9-11 truther since, I don't know, 2003. They feel, they feel quaint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. They're like Fox Mulder in the X-Files of just like, oh, what a goofy dumb thing yeah. you believe. What a fellow. You're not a active fascist yeah. running for office. Still out there looking for that Building 7 gold. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is, Fox Mulder was right. Yes. Yeah. Fox that, Mulder was That whole right. show was like 10 years of Fox Mulder going, no, I swear there's aliens and they took my sister. And then everyone gets definitive proof that his sister was taken by aliens, experimented upon, cloned, Killed, then turned into a being of pure happiness and joy, yep. and disappeared. And everyone's like, "Mulder, you're full of shit." Yeah, right. So I'm gonna give you, you still probably, on about that sister. I'm gonna give you the best advice you've heard all day. When this is done, look up the web comic House of Mulders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's very good. Nice. Uh, so uh, where are we? They uh, uh, so Hulk, they're on. Who finally accepted the fact that Ray is powerful? Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Only now in this hallway, as she like, like definitively uses the force. Force in front, of, not the, not the lightning. Not he 
gets mad at her when he comes back from the first space mission at the beginning of the movie because she's training. He's like, but you're a, you're a pilot or whatever. It's like... You're the best fighter we have! She's the fucking last Jedi. Yeah. She's literally the last one. Yeah. And she's what you need. I and am the last one! And it's mind-wiping... <laughs> My controlling the stormtroopers. <laughs> that, that convinces him. <laughs> Sorry that my fucking dragon heart drop in was so destructive to your rhythm, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Keep going. Go. So Finn and Poe rescue. What's strange about this movie is Dennis Quaid plays an English knight. Does he do an English accent? <laughs> he does what I like to call heightened American. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a little—he's clearing the Costner bar. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just over. So Poe and Finn rescue Chewbacca, and Ray goes to Kylo's room to play with his toys and touch all his stuff. Mm. Very annoying. Yeah, yeah. super. Uh, so annoying, in fact, that Kylo Ren uses their Force connection to make contact, and just like you're very hard to find. I need to tell you a lot about your origins that nobody's asking questions about anymore that oh, man. definitively yeah. answered in the last movie uh, and they have what I will say is the coolest lightsaber fight in the movie where basically uh, Rey is inside Kylo Ren's chambers and Kylo Ren is in the streets of the planet and they are having a lightsaber duel through time and space yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool Yeah, and like when Rey like slashes and hits a basket of berries on the planet they spill out in Kylo Ren's room. So, like, you can see that when they make physical contact, it kind of pulls things into the space that they occupy. It's real fucking cool. Yeah, and it's a really interesting kind of view of what the Force is and what their connection is. Yeah. And it's something that we have not seen as of yet with the Force. Every kind of movie that comes out successively, they're always adding new Force powers. So this is a new Mm. sort of level to that. Right. Yeah, like Force Tasmanian Devil jumps like Yoda. Yeah. Cool. Those were pretty rad. Right? What I like about it, and I didn't notice it until rewatching the movies pretty recently, uh, is in the prequels when he fights Count Dooku, uh, there's the big swelling score and the big buildup to him taking his lightsaber out and fighting Count Dooku. And I noticed that in the soundtrack there is a persistent... <laughs> that totally fucking ruins that lightsaber fight. It's his battle cry. <laughs> yeah. And all I can imagine is, poor Frank Oz. <laughs> there was a day where Frank Oz had to go in and he had to just do Yoda battle sounds. Yeah. He had to just go, Arr, <laughs> Arr. I was going to say, but specifically he had to go, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And he's just like, I've got Oscar nominations for directing. <laughs> anyway, George, was that good? Oh, do it again. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Kylo Ren finds out that that they 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 their lightsabers uh, destroy the pedestal that Darth Vader's melted helmet is on, and it lands on the planet. And Kylo Ren's like, "You're in my fucking room. Don't read my diary. I I, I specifically put." Kylo's room, do not enter. Yeah, and no girls allowed. <laughs> right. I have a radio radioactive sign out front because I'm fucking ending. <laughs> Don't touch my CDs. Yeah. I've got them organized by how much uh, fucking production work Neil Greenwood did on them. <laughs> they're, they're, they're put in there by how much angst there is. <laughs> uh. 
So then he races back to meet them, and I yeah. have no idea what happens here. Uh, so he I lands guess. in the. There's a really yeah, 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 because he yeah. lands in there and they're yeah. gonna fight. Uh, they, 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 uh, Poe, Finn, and Chewie are captured by the First Order, uh, and Richard E. Grant, as Admiral Pierce, is just like, fucking take them away and process them. I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I fucking love I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my life. And I've been in Withnall and I. I love Barbara Streisand so much I had a three-foot concrete bust of her head made <laughs> for my house. That's a real thing, yeah. and it's awesome. Richard E. Grant is delightful. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he says, you know, process them, and fucking Domino Gleason as uh, Hux is just like, I'll do it myself, uh, and takes them down to the shooting chamber where Poe is just like, hey, what were you going to tell Ray when we were all going to die in the pits? And he's like, don't worry about it. Oh, is this a bad time? Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll answer it later. And they no, no, fucking do. Yeah. Uh, but Admiral uh, fucking General Hux is just like, don't shoot them, stormtroopers. I'll shoot them myself. And then shoots the stormtroopers because he's the spy. We know because he goes, I'm the spy. <laughs> Man. What I fuck, I do really fucking love. He cannot wait to tell them. Yeah. He <laughs> I'm the spy! He's so excited that his subterfuge has been successful up until yeah, this point. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, I fucking love his childlike glee in revealing this information. And so at that point, they all escape. Hux leads them to the Millennium Falcon. He demands that Finn uh, shoot him in the arm. Or else it won't look real. So Finn shoots him in the leg. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. And then he's like, I don't care if you win. I only care if Kylo Ren loses. I'm a bad employee. Uh, so they fucking get into the, uh, the Millennium Falcon. I love that C-3PO is having a conversation with two stormtroopers. <laughs> and they are getting... Deeply frustrated with him. Because he's speaking to them in a language they don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, one of them goes, I don't know what you say. <laughs> Again, mind wiped 3PO fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, but as they're getting in the Millennium Falcon and they fuck off, uh, Ray is in a different landing dock getting in the ship that they arrived on the Star Destroyer when who should show up but Kylo Ren. And the stormtroopers all form uh, a let them fight circle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you gotta and, push them back in if they try to get out. And this is the most deeply irritating thing that this movie could possibly do at this point, where Kylo Ren is just like, "Your parents were nobody, but they were nobodies because they chose to be nobodies. Because actually, they were Palpatines, and you're a Palpatine too." Which immediately in the theater, my first thought was. That's fucking shit. That's dumb bullshit. And my second thought, which followed immediately after, was, "Hey, who fucked Palpatine? Who fucked yeah, Palpatine? Yeah, no, that is the biggest question. Who fucked Palpatine? Like, I get, I get, I get data fucking like, yeah. <laughs> like, look, late mid thirties, Brent Spiner wasn't a bad looking guy, right? But he was fit and trim. Yeah. yeah, and data was all about learning the human experience, and that's a big part of the human experience. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. But Palpatine's a gross, creepy frog old man. And if you do the math, he had to have fucked when he was scarred and wrinkled. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. he didn't fuck when he was Senator Palpatine. Yeah. He fucked when he was Emperor Palpatine the Raisin Man. It's why, it's why consent is a big part yeah. of the movie. Yeah, like, that's the big thing. Like, probably nobody signed up to do it. Yeah, there were some four Sith powers happening. Well, there. Just, some regular force. In the novelization. Oh, Thank you. boy. <laughs> Uh, Palpatine's son, in big scare quotes, uh, was a failed clone that he had commissioned with the sole purpose of being a backup plan where should he ever be killed, he can transfer his consciousness, basically, into a clone body. That's why he is alive in this movie, and that's why he made that clone of himself, but that first clone was defective and couldn't receive his powers, so he fucking fucked off and started a family, like all disappointing sons do. True facts. Yeah. Now his current clone body looks exactly like his old body, but it has like Evil Dead whiteout lenses and, and red it's missing fingers. Yeah, and red wine lips. Yeah, yeah, buddy, he's been found in the Merlot. Yeah, you know it, man. Yeah, and again, it's 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 deeply frustrating because you don't get this information in the movie, and yeah. it's kind of important to know, not in like. A strictly mechanical sense, but in a like, no, I'm I, the entire movie. I'm thinking, how are you still alive and who fucked you? Yep. Yeah. You it's know? distracting. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty much when my phone came out during yeah. this viewing. I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a bad plot device. Like, yeah. this whole movie hinges on a terrible idea. Yeah. I, I will say that, like, I, there's a lot of joy and entertainment to be had in this movie. But that is only because they do incredible executions of very stupid ideas. Yes. You know, like, they do pull off some really cool, interesting stuff in this movie, but it's all in the service of just the worst, dumbest ideas. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren, you think they're gonna fight, but in the very last second, Ray does that thing that's been done in movies a bazillion times. She gets up to a ledge, looks off the ledge, and is like, oh, I'm gonna jump off this ledge. But instead of it being cool, like, she jumps off, and then, like, the fucking ship shows up, and she's, like, standing on top of it, you wait till the ship shows up, and then they're like, oh, I guess I'll just jump at it, and it's fine. Yeah. It's not nearly as cool as in Back to the Future 2 when he Marty, jumps off. Yeah, yeah. Marty is like being faced down by Donald Trump, Biff Tannen. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to shoot you like I killed your dad. And he's like, huh? And then like he jumps off and then he rises up and hits Biff in the face with the DeLorean wing and then he steals the sports almanac back. Yeah. yeah. And then it's so good because another Biff falls and fucking manure <laughs> it would have been cool in this movie had that been a moment of oh she chose to throw herself out the airlock then the potential of being this powerful sith right you know and then oh she got rescued up by the millennium falcon well, you know but John, yeah that way would add stakes and this movie is against stakes true this movie is anti stake yeah nothing yeah. matters and there are no Porterhouses. It's all surf and surf. <laughs> Shrimp and lobster, baby. There's no lobster in this no, movie. No. This movie is all it's particle, baby. <laughs> uh, so they're on the Millennium Falcon, and they're like, yo, we gotta go to Endor to the fucking Death Star ruins oh, to find the Wayfinder. And here's where the second most frustrating moment of the movie happens, where they're like, 
well, there's the Death Star wreckage. The fucking Wayfinder is supposed to be in there. We got to use the dagger to find it. But what's it going to do? Is it going to glow when you're near it like a proximity tracker? Is it going to like float like the fucking dagger from the Phantasm and, or from the Phantom rather? <laughs> right. Uh, and like shoot to where the Wayfinder is? No, you put it on its side and make its blade match up with what the wreckage looks like and pull well, a little a, a fucking... protractor comes yeah, out of it. You pull a protractor out. That points at where it is, which A, fucking stupid all around, oh, yeah. and B, that protractor dot doesn't give you any depth information. You, nope. So you just gotta burrow a straight horizontal line through yeah, the wreckage, I guess? Suing. Planet-sized <laughs> space station. Yeah. Which has crashed into another planet. Which also, by the way, at no point in the intervening 30-something years did any, like, did any of this wreckage resettle, get moved around by the very choppy ocean. You know, how planets revolve and how things change because yeah. of planets. No, if this yeah. movie tells me anything, it's that nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Yeah, uh, so they're about to, they're like, oh, well, there's the Wayfinder, we gotta go get it, uh, but uh-oh, some strangers show up on space horses. Yeah, but they're cool space horses. They are cool space horses. Yeah, they're, uh, space horses. Yeah, they're pretty cool strangers, I guess. And this is where we get, I, I, for the life of me, cannot remember this character's name, because I don't know if she says it or not at any point. She does, she does. and it's not. But she is a former First Order stormtrooper who, like Finn, broke her programming to not kill civilians, and they fucking hijacked a First Order ship and crash-landed on this planet where they're, like, starting a new life. And D, you look like you have something to say. Jana. Do you? Jana is Jana. her name. Yeah, like most of the women, they don't give her enough screen time for you to learn her name. New. Right. Yeah. Correct. Unless yeah. you happen to be played by Carrie Fisher, in which case you sort of get grandfathered into the plot. I said most. <laughs> yeah. Most. Well, this movie has a whole five female characters. They're all doing laundry. <laughs> why why is every woman in white and beige like it's the most infuriating thing sure especially when uh, you Carrie live on Russell's in fucking purple. royal purple uh, she's got purple yoga pants that's true, true. <laughs> she's got a whole body stocking made out of yoga pants I, I will say this about She's the Zori ripping. the Zori character it's another in a long line of super cool absolutely useless looking characters yeah. it's the Boba Fett's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Boba Fett's it's the Captain Phasma's yeah, it's yeah. the Darth yeah. Maul's but it's a great fucking costume yeah sure uh, so basically, uh, Jana says, like, we have skippers where we can go out to the wreckage, but we can't go now because there's fucking mile-high tidal waves. We'll go at first light tomorrow. And Ray is just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool, sensible, logical. There's not much of a time limit, and eh, that can't be too far away. Anyway, I'm going to steal me a skipper and go out now. Bye! Yeah. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Finn and Jana have, like, a little uh, a moment where they both realize that they are... Uh, first, former First Order stormtroopers, and Jana recounts her, how her whole con- like group of stormtroopers rebelled and like stole a ship, ship in yeah, mutiny, out, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and that's all we ever learn of her. Yeah, Correct. and then we're like, oh crap! But Ray stole a skipper. Well, let's go after her. Yeah. Uh, so. Poe and Finn have a little like fight them up where uh, Poe is just like. We can't go out after her, you know, that's just sending good people after bad, and we can't lose any more people. Uh, and Finn is just like, you don't know how it feels to be force-sensitive like the cool kids. And he's like, 
Ah, I don't know how it feels. I'm in way over my head. That's right, you are in way over your head, and we're not friends anymore. That's just to make sure that the uh, we know that they're totally straight dudes, and they are not going to kiss. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah. God forbid. <clears throat> Which, like, here's the thing. Uh, on the one hand, there is something to be said about having a close male friendship that is not physical. On the other hand... They need to fuck. They need to fuck. Like, there is so much sexual tension between <laughs> these two characters. I'd have been happy, even if in the last scene where the where Ray, Finn, and Poe hug, if they just did a little cheek smooch, like yeah. a little Italian hello. No, the ending of this movie had too much unnecessary kissing. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so Ray is climbing up the Death Star ruins and goes into the Emperor's old chamber and uh, goes left, which we've never gone before in a Star Wars movie, into the fucking Wayfinder closet, I guess. Yep. That's been there the whole time. And the Wayfinder's still perfectly yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's there. upright <laughs> and in its floating hole. Uh, fully charged, so I guess it was plugged into its USB port when the Death Star went down. <laughs> yeah, luckily enough. <laughs> Uh, she takes it and gets confronted by a vision of herself as a Sith, which has a cool fucking, like, Swiss Army lightsaber. Yeah, it's like a clappy lightsaber. Yeah, and she's also got teeth like Malena from Mortal Kombat. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. How does she come across herself with the cool... Mirrors? No, it's because no, it happened there. in a movie before, and I gotta get it. It happened to in again. Empire Strikes Back. That's, that's all we know is it happened before, so yeah. it happened again. It's like yeah. a it's like a dark side thing, I guess, where like the dark side can like show you what you would look like. Because there's the scene in Empire where Luke goes in the cave and fights Vader, and then the mask explodes, and it was himself all along. So Kylo's doing this to her. No, no. no. it's the Force. It's in just essence. the dark side. Fan service is doing this to Correct. her. Correct. Yeah. This is a callback, and that's all it is. Sorry, my brain is so broken that I can't help but try to give canon explanations to bad (laughs) bad ideas. So anyways, uh, Kylo Ren shows up, and then they have a fight in the rain. It's pretty cool. It's okay, but I feel like A, it goes on a little too long, and B, it feels weirdly low energy. Yeah, there are too many high jumps because of the waves coming and they're all winding up for every strike. Yeah, every every strike comes from fucking behind you by a mile. They're all throwing lightsaber haymakers. And on paper, it should be real fucking cool because it's basically having a lightsaber fight in the rain, but the rain can also drown you. Yeah. Yeah, but that would involve having cool, like, rain effects as opposed to a person who only does solar flares. Like, it's like the antithesis of what he can do. Uh, so Finn and Jenna are on the Death Star wreckage trying to rescue Rey. Rey is like, get away from me. I might be dark side. I've got to fight this Kylo Ren. Meanwhile, on planet Leia, Leia gets up and starts walking. And this is enough for everybody to stop what they're doing and look at her like, what the fuck is that lady up to? <laughs> yeah. Walking? Where's she going? She's been standing in one spot for ten years. <laughs> it's like the episode of Hey Arnold where Stoop Kid leaves his stoop. <laughs> it's, it's like when a dog coughs and then walks off into the backyard. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, Dealer, oh, no. where are you going? Oh, no. Uh, but she goes, and for some reason, Maz Kanata says to Rose... She knows what she has to do, but she knows that it'll be the last thing that she ever does. A, how the fuck do you know what she's thinking, feeling, or doing? And B, why are you the one telling Rose this and not just like... 
I mean, obviously, I know the reason Leia is saying it is because she can't, uh, because Carrie Fisher passed away. But, like, boy, it just, like, it raises so many questions. Like, so much of it is just deeply unmotivated just for the purpose of, like, somebody's got to say it out loud or the audience literally won't know what's happening. Also, it's important to know that cut back to Leia Land and everything John just described happens in less than 25 seconds. Yes, because then it cuts back to like Rey and like Rey can feel Leia about to die as can Kylo Ren. Well, what she's basically doing, which is a very cool fucking thing, is that she is force projecting like Luke did at the end of Last Jedi, but she only has the strength to reach Kylo Ren. Yeah. And, ben Solo. And just her, her like, shadow. Yeah. So he f- senses her and turns around, and we have to infer that she communicates something like, it's not too late. Because his whole thing is like, I've gone too far down the path of darkness. I can't come back even though I really want to. And so we can infer that Leia says something like, no, you can come back. It's fine. Which is horseshit. Because the whole point of Last Jedi at the end is that he says, I'm done with the Sith, I'm yeah. done with the Jedi, I'm done with Emperors, I'm my own thing now, I exist outside of all of this. Well, that got but fucking then, ruined in the first 30 seconds of this movie where he's like, yes, Emperor, I will become the most powerful oh, Sith. Yeah, no, you're right, you got me there, you got me there. I think what is frustrating is in Last Jedi, Luke says, I don't think Kylo Ren can be saved, and Leia's just like, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. So it seems weird that her last thing on this mortal realm would be, I'm going to try to save that Kylo Ren. Unless, this is also unless the, maybe she's doing it to distract him. Yeah, I just thought just it was a distraction that she's <laughs> like there and he feels and he and looks then, and Because the next thing that happens is Ray fucking stabs Jams him in the gut. Light, yeah. Yeah. I, I also realized pretty recently that this is the third original trilogy main character to die because of Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren kills Han Solo, is the reason that Luke dies, and is the reason that Leia dies. Yep. Good for him. Right. And he's related to all of them. Correct. Uh, So yeah, she dies, they put a sheet over her, and I guess burial rituals of Princess Leia's people mean you gotta fucking, like, leave her in there like the cave of Lazarus for seven days. Yeah, no, she lines up in state like Lenin, baby. Everybody's (laughs) gotta come by from all over and kiss the rings. Hey, 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 Lenin is technically still alive and they will unfreeze him at any moment. Oh, that shit's gonna get real when Lenny comes back. (laughs) It's like what they did to, uh, uh, was it Casey Kasem's body? <laughs> Where his like his wife just stole it and kept it in their living room. Or that was James Brown. Nice. But Casey oh, yeah. Kasem also had something like that happen yeah, I think too. His wife may have stole him too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ray uses this opportunity of Kylo slash Ben Solo reconnecting with his estranged mother, the one person he could not kill in Last Jedi because he felt such a connection and was like, "Well, I'm gonna stab you in the tummy." And yep. then she does. And then she heals him because then she knows that, uh, what's her name, died. So then she feels bad. Leia. Yeah, she kid. feels that Leia Her name dies. is Leia. You know who Leia is, Patrick. Nah, man. She's slowly turning into... <laughs> she's slowly turning into you? Nah. And you know this? Nah, to man. be true? These are all White Stripes lyrics. <laughs> That's what we're doing now, fellas. No, we're never doing White Stripes <laughs> lyrics. But Jack White only records on, like, analog equipment because he's, like, a real rock star. No, he's not. All no. of his songs are bad. Correct. All of his songs are bad. All of his songs are like, what if I took the worst impulses of Bob Dylan and made them louder? <laughs> 
I'll say it again. I like Jack White. I think ah, he's really talented. Boo. Boo. He's boo a, on you, sir. He's a very good guitar player. Your mom's a good guitar player. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, Ray fucks off in Kylo Ren's, uh, fucking tie silencer, I think it's called. Uh. Cool shit, by the way. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Pin, Pin, yeah, Finn. Finn, Finn and Jenna get picked up by the Millennium Falcon and go back to fucking Echo Base. I know it's not Echo Base. But it's Echo Base. It's Echo Base. It's, uh, it's foliage. Yavin? No, it's just a foresty But planet. they want you to think it's like Yavin Base. Correct. Uh, so they fuck off back to the resistance base. Uh, Ray, does she go to? No, Ray, so she goes yeah. to Luke's. Yeah, she goes to Octo. Octo, and she fucking crashes the thing because she's just like, I can't, I can't risk. Like, there's too much of a dark side in me. I can't risk this. I'm gonna live in a hut. I'm gonna drink green titty milk. Yeah. and I'm gonna throw everything in the fire. Yeah. Uh, she set the the tie fighter on fire and is throwing uh, wood on the fire until it gets hot enough for her to throw the lightsaber in the fire. And Ghost Luke catches it and says, "A Jedi's weapon demands more respect than this." Which I've heard a lot of people like screen cap is like, "Yeah, fuck you, Ryan Johnson." <laughs> but like. Y'all saw the end of Last Jedi where Luke is like, oh, I've been doing the wrong thing by isolating myself. Yeah. And like me throwing the lightsaber away was a mistake. Like it didn't need to be, quote, corrected in this <laughs> right. movie. Exactly. That's the thing is. That's the whole point of Luke's arc in because, the last movie. Exactly. Because Luke has an arc. Yeah. And character development. Correct. If, if he was just the fucking, like, Super Saiyan Luke Skywalker that comes in and solves all the problems, it would be fucking boring. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but basically, uh, Ray's just like, look, I can't do it. I'm afraid of who I am. Uh, and Luke is like, oh, because you're a Palpatine? Yeah, weird. I didn't bring it up before. But me and Leia both know that you're a Palpatine. Shit, everybody knew you were a Palpatine. <laughs> Which is just like, what? Why <laughs> wouldn't he have told her? Right? right? Especially because, according to this movie, she should have been saying, like, I don't have any family and I'm very sad I don't belong anywhere. Even though her arc in the last movie was, I have no family and don't belong anywhere. Oh, family is what I make it. Well, I choose this family. I belong somewhere. That they just hit the fucking reset button on for the yep. arc in this movie that is, ah, why? Why'd you do it? Uh, These but, are great questions. Right. <laughs> um, Thoughts? Orphans suck? I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, fuck them orphans. <laughs> well, I think what like really fucking gets my goat about this decision is that for the... I was so happy that Ray was nobody. Yes. Because there yeah. were so many fan theories about like, she's a Kenobi, she's a Skywalker, she's a secret solo. And it's just like that makes the universe feel... So small and limited. And so stupid. Right. And like, Especially because we know that at one point there were thousands of Jedi. Right. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that the whole point of, is it the last movie or the one before where like some rando peasant kid picks up a broom That's with the, the force? end of The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So isn't like the whole point of that scene, anybody, anybody could be a Jedi yeah. and it's right. not yeah. a bunch of bloodline bullshit? And to make it this A... Again, it just limits the size of this universe in a really awkward way. And B, 
in fucking 15 or 20 years where they make sequels to this trilogy, there's going to be some character who just looks straight into the fucking camera and says, I'm a brand new character. I'm powerful in the Force because that's just how the Force works. But because that's what happened with Rey, there's going to be fanboys saying, that's what Rey said, and she turned out to be a Palpatine. Here's my fan theory about this. And the fucking... Whoever owns Star Wars is going to feel pressure to fucking acquiesce to that. And it's just going to be an insular community of in-references. And it's not going to be for anyone anymore. Well, I mean, for me, the thing that drives me crazy about this is it undercuts the, admittedly, kind of obnoxious political messaging of the entire most recent trilogy. Which is, it's people power. It's the resistance. Even in this movie, when it's all the junk aircraft attacking the Star Destroyers later, it's like, it's not a navy. They're people. Yeah. But if if she's a Palpatine, then people are only a force if they're led by a blooded nobility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, fuck you. Yeah. She's no longer like someone who overcame coming from nothing to become somebody and the greatest somebody, the last Jedi. No, now she's just whatever. Yeah. And like she inherited her power. If you like, right. Huh. right. If and you uh, kind of zoom out and like giving the creative team the benefit of the doubt and looking at what they're trying to do, which is, oh, Ray never felt like she belonged and now she finds out that she has the potential to be evil, but she rejects it because she's not actually bound by her past and she can choose her own future. That's the exact arc she just went through in Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Like, we've what already the done this. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. she had that moment at the end of Last Jedi when Kylo Ren says, Take my hand. And she almost does. But then she doesn't. And yeah. says, fuck you, Kylo Ren. And then he smashes up a room and does Kylo Ren thing. Yeah, because yeah. Kylo Ren, who is the legacy character, he is both a Solo and a Skywalker in Last Jedi, is just like, burn all the legacies, wipe it all out, and destroy it. And he's wrong. Rey defeats him, like, in a moral sense, by saving the Jedi text. Yes. And saying, like, no. You learn from the mistakes of the previous generation. You know, like how Yoda actually articulates the entire theme in dialogue in that movie of like, (laughs) yeah, share our mistakes because we are what they grow beyond. Failure, the best teacher is. And it's just like now there just is so much, there's so little potential to grow beyond there must always be a Skywalker and a Palpatine. Yeah. And it's just like, that. Just that's so constraining. Yeah. So meanwhile, and, basically, yeah. we split up into like two final main plot points. We have uh, Rey going to confront Emperor Palpatine's desiccated, wine-stained lips. Yeah, and on the ground on of the, this planet. Yeah, on the ground of, of Exegol. Exegol. And we have the, uh, the remaining Resistance members who are going to mount an air mission. A la ID-4. Yes. So, uh, uh, and they're going to send Lando and Chewie and the Falcon, the fastest ship in the fleet, to garner... To recruit. Yes. Yeah. Whoever in yeah. the Tom, world yeah. can fight back. As Zori says yeah. earlier in the movie, there are more of us than there yeah. are them. And even though they didn't show up in Crate, they will show up now. Yeah. So cool, we get to relive that whole thing again. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the meantime, information that we find out is, A, all of C-3PO's character arc in this movie is completely undone because R2's just like, oh, you had a cloud save that I can just download into your fucking memory yep. banks. Beep, boop, boop. So you're just C-3PO again. Yeah. Uh, also, 
so fucking irritatingly, all of the Last Order Star Destroyers are also Death Stars. Yeah, yes. every single one of them. Which, like, filling the sky with Star Destroyers is already big enough stakes. Like, that's already very frightening. You don't need to also make them all Death Stars. Not everything needs to be a Death Star. This whole fucking nine-movie saga is just... Palpatine can't come unless a planet gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they build yeah. one of those, they always fuck up and they make the gun a weak point in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so frustrating. Like, why Why would you, like, first of all, like, I like the whole thing is that they got to hit these ships before they hit, they leave the atmosphere because right. they can't have their shields on when they're taking off The, the atmosphere in Exegol is so fucking weird and loosey-goosey that they need a navigation point to guide them out or they'll just explode. Right. They can't have their shields on because, because then they can't. of all the interference. Right. So they're like, well, we'll take out their communications, that'll leave them vulnerable, and then we'll try to take out as much of the fleet as we can while we wait for backup to arrive. Right. That goes very poorly at first. Yeah. Yeah, Um, so they get there and they realize that the ground antenna isn't broadcasting the navigation signal. It's actually been transferred to Richard E. Grant's Star Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, So they're like, we gotta land our ground troops on that Star Destroyer. And they do, and they, uh, in the fucking cockpit of the... In the control center of the Star Destroyer, Richard E. Grant is just like, they've landed fucking dropships on our Star Destroyer. Jam the speeders. We can't jam their speeders. There are no speeders because what comes out but fucking a herd of space horses. The question of how the people or the horses are breathing in this fight is Star one Wars. that I'm not quite entirely Space sure of. Wizards? But even when he like is hanging out of hey, one Patrick, of the ships and hey, like Patrick, catches one of the hey, ladies Patrick, and Finn's hey, wearing Patrick, a gas mask hey, to breathe. Hey Patrick, Uh-oh. would you rather they not have space horses? God damn it, John. I want those space horses <laughs> to have air packs. <laughs> Do you? I think that's why there's all that lightning is so that it triggers a migraine so you don't ask these questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the thing to bring up that's very important. Every scene on Exegol is shot like a hammer horror creature feature, which I like the idea of. That is the right mood to evoke of this spooky mystery planet. But it goes from literal pitch black to blinding flashes of lightning Every two seconds in the theater, I had to close my eyes. I I had to look down at the floor and listen to a lot of this because it's just physically painful to have to sit through. Yeah, I can't imagine that in a theater. Yeah, Yeah. that's J.J. Abrams saying, you don't like my lens flares? I'll give you lens flares! (laughs) (laughs) Pew, pew, pew! Uh, so Ray walks also, into... Just while I'm oh, on the note of breathing, uh, am I crazy or did way back in the original trilogy when they flew the X-Wings, they had the like breathing masks? Like Yeah, but gun. they didn't have yeah. to wear them. Uh, they did not have breathing masks. In the TIE fighter pilots had breathing masks, yeah. but oh, the X-Wing pilots did didn't. not, okay. Because you have to see the face of the good guys and you can't see the face of the bad guys. True facts. That makes them hard to shoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Ray goes into the fucking throne room on Exegol, and Emperor Palpatine is there and just like, ah, you showed up just like I planned you would. Which, no you didn't. You specifically sent Kylo Ren to kill her. Yeah. 
Well, but the thing is, actually, what I meant was he was going to try to kill you, but I knew he wouldn't do it, and then you'd come here. So what's going to happen is you're going you're going to kill me. That's been my plan the whole time. Yeah. Kill me, and then I'll go inside of you. Yeah, because the whole thing yeah. is because she is the offspring. Wait, guys, hold on. Is Emperor Palpatine a Cenobite? Correct. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, because she is a clone body, of, like an offspring of the clone body of the Emperor, plus strong in the Force... If she can be turned to the dark side, the Emperor can fucking send his spirit into her body and live anew. Uh, But she has to strike him down in anger, just like in all the fucking third Star Wars movies. Woohoo! Strike him down in anger! Uh, So she's like, oh no, I don't know if I can do that. But he does that thing he does in every third Star Wars movie where he's like, Look at the space battle. All of your friends are failing. If you kill me, you can be emperor, and then you can just uh, stop the war, I guess. Yes, that's what you'll do, shifty eyes. (laughs) Look out of the moon roof of my floating (laughs) castle. Uh, And yeah, the the reinforcements are not showing up. Uh, They're able able to take out the communications for the ship's navigations, but they can't do any damage to the Star Destroyers. Exactly. Uh, And so it does look like all hope might be lost, but who should show up? Not Kylo Ren. But Ben Solo, and I fucking want more Ben Solo. Yeah, my my one of my biggest beefs with this movie is, and this is I think also a testament to how good of an actor uh, uh, Adam, Driver. Adam Driver is. When he becomes Ben Solo, it's a completely different performance. I don't and think he, he manages, has any lines. He has literally Ben Solo. The only line he has is. <sighs> yes. A sigh, and that's like an exasperated sigh. Oh, right, and he has a scene with his memory. Oh, and memory. he says, ouch. He has yeah. his scene with his, the memory of Han Solo, uh, where he's basically reliving the last conversation he had, but saying the things he wish he could have said, which is like, I don't want to be a bad guy anymore. Like, I, I'm sorry about, like, what happened. I want to be, like... Right. I don't want to be Kylo Ren. I, I want to be, be a Ben Solo. Solo. Uh, ben Solo, Ben Solo, yo, yo, so, so low. Yes, um, but it is a testament to Adam Driver that, that Kylo Ren and Ben Solo are, again, two completely different performances, and he can show that without speaking a yeah. word. It's all physical. Even Like, his fighting style is, is completely dramatically different. different than his Kylo Ren fighting style. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot faster, it's a lot more acrobatic. And it's a lot just, looser. Like, just in general, like, uh, Adam Driver was incredibly protective of doing his own stunts and his own fighting. Right. Because he wanted to imbue the physicality with as much character as he could. And holy shit, that is so true through all three of these movies. Yeah. Just every movement he has is so imbued with, like... Like, you can see the thought process of what he's doing. You can see when he's, like... When he's surprised and on his back foot, or when he's confident and he's, like, trying to press his advantage. Like, there's so much performance going on in that physicality. Yeah, I think a smarter move would have been to have him turn back to Ben Solo much earlier, earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like and the have midpoint. Him... Would, it would have been interesting if at the midpoint he becomes Ben Solo and Ray becomes Ray Palpatine. Sure. If they just fucking switch places. I would yeah. rather there's no Palpatine. If the yeah. whole movie well, was, correct. Yeah. was yeah. what does Kylo slash Ben do now that his abuser is basically dead, he's killed him. Yeah. 
what does he does he let the rage control him or does he go over to Ray's side and yeah. vice versa? Something else could happen to Ray. I don't know. I'm not writing this thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that would be an interesting storyline with new characters, and I need the catharsis of seeing people I've seen before, like Harrison Ford. Yeah. And Palpatine. And that's the thing, though. I, I totally agree with you that yeah. the idea of bringing Palpatine back was deeply flawed. It kills the yeah. movie. If you don't have Palpatine, this could have gone somewhere. Yeah. 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 But because you have Palpatine, you're like, oh, obviously the climax of this movie is going to be Rey and Palpatine. And Palpatine's going to say, strike me down in anger and you will fall to the dark side. And then we're going to have fall. a lightning fight. Like, you know what's going to yeah. happen when they tell you. Yeah, so yeah, eventually uh, Ben beats up the Knights of Ren. Uh, there's a pretty sweet move where uh, uh, Rey is Rey about looks to like kill. she's about to yeah. do the ceremony. And, and then instead she tucks it behind her back and then makes it fucking disappear like a Doug Henning trick. Yeah. And then it shows up in Ben's hand because we've been building that sort They've of that force, force connection, connection. Yeah. thing. It's really cool. Then Someday they, they'll find it. The force connection. The lover, the dreamer, the Ben Solo. Anyways, they finally Muppet movie guys. We're doing Muppet movie jokes now. Yeah, that's they, a good we, one. we they team up to take on Palpatine. Palpatine's like, "Oh, you are a Force dyad, and you taste like jelly." Gimme, gimme, gimme! No, he Shang sungs the fuck out of he them. He sucks up their life energy. Yeah. What is a Force dyad? How does it happen? Why is it important? What does it do? I don't don't know. worry. It's I, mentioned. I, I haven't understood this the whole three movies. Yeah. It's, Kylo Ren mentions it very briefly, like almost in passing. He's like, "He doesn't know." We're a force dyad, which is a powerful thing in the force. Moving on. And then he's like, you're a force dyad and your souls taste like candy? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Near as I can figure, a force dyad is I take three steps forward, you take three steps back. You come together. You come together because opposites attract. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. So here's the thing I don't understand about this fight because I okay. mean, what's going to happen is Palpatine puts the lasers or the lightning on uh, on Rey and she is the star. Well, he, well first he, he, he the force pushes like Kylo, Kylo Ren like out of the fucking movie. Yeah, like Ben Solo stands up and is just like, "You're the last Skywalker. You shall fall." Yeah, like I fell. Out of the movie. And so she's got the one lightsaber, and then he, and then Palpatine. Well, first like, he lightnings all of the spaceships. Yeah, he which does is do a pretty, that for meanwhile, which is kind of a cool. Yeah, let's not skip that. Yeah. Meanwhile, up in the fucking space battle, because this is important. They're like all of Poe's friends are dying around him. All hope is lost. The plan is not working. Poe gets on the radio, and it's actually a pretty emotional. Like you know that it's not gonna be a fucking wild bunch where they're all gonna bite it, but <laughs> right. like it is pretty emotionally affecting. Because I'm a sucker for this stuff. Uh, and he's like, I'm sorry, guys. I thought we had a chance, but we don't. Nobody's coming. And then you hear, like, static crackles on the radio. And who should show up but, but Billy Falcon? D. Williams. Yeah. Lando himself is just like, I don't know about that. And uh, he fucking goes above the cloud line, I guess. And there's an entire... And this is, like, too many ships. It's so all, many ships yeah. that it feels like diminishing returns. Like I, it, I, it's it, a million ships. It feels small because each individual ship has to be a spec to fit them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I will say, I always do get a little emotional at this point, where it's like they did come. The galaxy <laughs> did come together. It's like the end of Endgame when yeah. like Cap is facing down fucking yeah, Thanos it's on your left, on your left, and yeah. then fucking they all start walking out, and like all the people from Wakanda walk out, and all the sorcerers walk yeah. out. And you're like the fucking Avengers are about to assemble. Yeah. He said it, guys. And that's the thing. Like I am such an easy lay for moments like this. Of yeah. like, if the moment is just 
big enough, it bypasses all of my logic and is just like, ooh, I feel something. That's really cool. Nah. That's what we call the soup spot yeah. in the human body. Yeah. It just really hits that soupy <laughs> Yeah, right in there. Uh, and we do get a nice flash of cameos. We've got uh, Lando and Chewie flying the Falcon. Little We've got Wedge Antilles. Yeah. Wedge Antilles comes back. Azuzu and Boba Frick are in a plane. Uh, Babu Frick. Babu Frick, yeah. Yeah, I love it because she's just like, hey, I'm here to save the day too. Who is piloting that thing? And it's cut to the cockpit and then fucking... Yeah, you see the helmet, and she's just like, hey there, space cowboy. And then little Babu Frick just jumps out. Hey, hey! <laughs> it's really good. Oh, man. he's such so a party cute. dude. So uh, I want I need... him and Baby Yoda to team up, where it's like a three men and a baby kind of situation, where Babu Frick has to take care of Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, sure. And he doesn't know how, so he wraps Baby Yoda up in, like, paper towels instead of a diaper. <laughs> Can we get Babu Frick with, like, a Tom Selleck mustache Ooh, and a yeah. sweet Tom Selleck Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> and a, the ghost of a small child haunts one of the scenes. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, Palpatine shoots his lightning up into the sky... Uh, it's a pretty impressive display of power, yeah. uh, which would have been cool in, like, Re- Return of the Jedi. But now it's just like, uh, we know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, all of the Jedis come to Rey to give her a pep talk. And this is history. another moment where, in theory, it's cool because she's just like, you know, please, like, come, like, be with me, be with it me. It calls back to the beginning of the yeah, film. Yeah. And it goes up to the stars and we start hearing voices of Jedi. But the problem is... There are too many voices there are a and they overlap of them. too much and it's really hard to pick out specific like characters. Yeah. Well, the especially... only one that I knew like I was like, oh yep, that's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously. And... But that's the thing. There's Samuel L. Jackson, there's Frank Oz as Yoda, there's Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan. I assume there's... Mark Hamill's in there, right? Mark Hamill's Hamill in there. Is in there a but lot. then also Hayden Christensen, yeah. uh fucking I love that Anakin says Balance the force, Ray, like I did. Yeah. Pulls at collar, pulls at <laughs> collar. Liam Neeson's in there. Liam Neeson's Hugh McGregor's in there. In there. Yeah, everybody. I fucking uh, Al, uh, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, Ashley Exton's in yeah, there. Ashley Exton's in there. Uh, the fucking blue Twi'lek from the prequels oh, yeah, is in she's there. In there. Okay. Kiadi Mundi, the big conehead guy from yep. the prequels, is in nice. there, and it's just like. Too much. Yeah. Like, I'm having... Like, it's it's hard to even hear the words that are being said sometimes because there's all these echoey voices overlapping that, again, like, going on the Wikipedia page and be like, ah, cool, Kiadi Mundi has got a little voice cameo in there. Neat. But, like, I challenge you to hear it the first time you're seeing the movie. <laughs> I know? was able... The, 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 the three voices I was able to pick out the first time I saw it were Anakin Skywalker... Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, and aside from like the easy ones like Yoda, but fucking Liam Neeson's Qui Gon Jinn line, nice. Like I still haven't heard it. Oh, like he's clearly drunk and yelling it over a phone. <laughs> nice. He probably did. It's uh, so. It's like really loud and like distorted. He's like, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mistook that for part of Mark Hamill's line. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it ends with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker saying, the Force will be with you always. Uh, and she gets up and gets a lightsaber out, and Palpatine's like, Jedi's facing me with a lightsaber. I know exactly what to do. Never lightning. fails. Force lightning. She blocks it with one lightsaber, and he's like, you can't win. I'm all of the Sith. And she's like, well, I'm all of the Jedi. And gets the second lightsaber. Which we should point out is Princess Leia's lightsaber. Ben... Yeah. Er, 
Kylo Ren is still alive. So yeah, shouldn't Solo he be on alive. one of those sides? Like, she can't be all of the Jedi and he can't be all of the Sith if Kylo Ren is still alive, right? Yeah, and I think it would also... Like, am I not understanding the Force? No, it, it would have been, I think, because they both think that he is dead at this point, that they they just assume that they are the last. Or maybe he was never fully part of any. Yeah, maybe he was, because he kept waffling between two sides of the Force, that he, he never doesn't fully count committed. As yeah. Is that how the been, Force works? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, again, that's the thing. The Force is just what it needs to be for the Whatever, sake of the yeah, storytelling. It's, it's only as strong as the storyteller. What I think would have been more interesting, not to like fucking Monday morning director this movie, but we've been doing that, so whatever. Yeah, why not? It would have been great if, because you've set up the two lightsabers, the Luke lightsaber and Leia's lightsaber, it would have, and we've seen both, Ben Solo and Rey fighting with those lightsabers in this scene would have been pretty cool if, like, oh no, Rey, I'm not powerful enough to stop the Emperor. I'm all alone, you know? Like, the Jedi reached me, but it's not enough. To have then Ben Solo take the other lightsaber and just, like, that's why we gotta do it together. Yeah, right, you know? it'd have been great if, if Ben Solo could have, like... Contributed suff- yeah. to the climax in some way. Yeah, if he would have gotten, like, a bout of Hulkamania and, yeah, like, yeah. Like, 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 rode up against <laughs> the ropes and, like, jumped up. No. No? No. <laughs> I don't want to take that away from Ray. Okay, no, I can see your point. Yeah, I, I guess it would sort of diminish Ray's abilities <clears throat> if a man needed to come and save her. I'm That's falling true. into the J.J. Abrams trap of not thinking through my decisions. <laughs> well, I mean, like, no one else has needed help in order to do. Oh, and Luke, guess... definitely, because he didn't kill the Emperor. Anakin did. Yeah. Yeah, Darth Vader Darth throws, Vader throws, throws him out into a pit. Yeah. All I remember is like the underwater thing that freaked me out yeah. with Jar Jar. And, 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 <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that's fair. And Obi- Obi-Wan Kenobi couldn't be Anakin by himself. He needed lava to do it. True. Yeah. But I do see what you're yeah. saying in that it could be a, it could be a diminishing of yeah. Ray's importance if, yeah. if Ben is there I to mean, help. I mean, my thing is that I always understood the Force to work somewhat like uh, Jet Li's The One. Correct. Whereas yeah. if there are two good people, then their powers are split between them against the one evil guy who is equally powerful. So if, he's, if Ben is still alive and he's technically good at this point, which at this point he technically is, then it should require so, both of them to beat Palpatine. Well, and kind of here... As I understood the Force, but yeah, The I Force is more... It's not like Jet Li's The One, where it's like split. It's not like a pie that every Jedi has a slice of. Okay. It is essentially like the Force is basically like an entire unlimited power source that you can tap into. But how do we balance it if it's not a pie? Well, And that's the reason why that it is imbalanced is because the Jedi in the prequels have become so dogmatic and so disconnected from their emotions that they're having a harder and harder time accessing the Force. Whereas the Sith, because they're pure emotions are having an easier, easier time accessing the power of the Force. So the Sith, while there are fewer of them, are becoming more powerful than the Jedi, even though there's hundreds of them, are getting individually less powerful in the prequels. Okay. So like because after, of the way that they work. After okay. Return of the Jedi, the whole idea of like balancing the Force goes from like a numbers game to more of like each individual force user needs to be connected to both their emotions and their intellect ah, okay. rather than like balancing between the Sith and between the, the good and evil. Yeah. yeah. So is being a Jedi like going to a Catholic confessional? Because can, <laughs> can Ben just say, 
Oh, I'm sorry about the genocide, and now he's a Jedi? Mm. Absolutely. Kind of. That's yeah. kind of what Darth Vader does. Darth Vader commits space genocide, throws Emperor Palpatine down a hole, and then it's like, I get to be a Force Ghost with everybody? That's pretty cool. So that's the thing, and that's the other thing because about... Because he's of noble birth, D. And I get that he's, he was groomed, and I get that he was, you And know, actually, Anakin was an yeah. immaculate conception. Anakin was? Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is that, like, the idea, another th- component that is, I know, I know, but we can't fucking relitigate the prequels right hey, now. Patrick, let's, uh, let's say, <laughs> this is the second time you've had that reaction to that information. Oh, God, God, it gets me every time. I the think other, there's going to be a third. The other thing that, uh, <laughs> that is kind of important to note is the, the reason that the Sith are so obsessed with achieving immortality is because they cannot become Force ghosts when they die. Oh, okay. They can't become one with the Force, whereas a light side person, can't. be they Jedi or whatever, can become one with when the Force. When do we learn this? Never. In the comic in the books. novelization. Yeah. This Do the like... nose voice. Correct. Do well, the... in the comic books. There you go. That's, That's why the these weird. movies are so hard for the casual fans. Yeah, but no, here's the thing. I don't understand any of this. But here's the either. thing. You technically don't really need to know any of this. All you need to know is that Rey holds up two lightsabers and she takes that light. And, and Emperor Palpatine needs to learn when to stop force lightninging. Because he did it in the fight with Mace Windu. Mace Windu was reflecting all the force lightning back. He could have just stopped using force lightning. That's how he got his face melted in the first place. (laughs) In Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker picks him up and he starts force lightning himself. Just stop force lightninging. Yeah. In this movie, Rey deflects the force lightning back and obliterates the very essence of a Palpatine from this plane of existence. Destroys his Just face. stop force lightning. <laughs> I do. In for it, a penny, in for a pound, man. It has never worked. I love Palpatine's death here because it looks just like Marcus Donovan at the end of uh, Last Crusade. Yeah. When like, <laughs> yeah. he rapidly ages, the only thing missing is the hair growing yeah. out. Yeah. But he just like desiccates. Oh, it's and pretty then, like, cool. And like he layers out like an onion. It isn't an, before yeah. he explodes. It is a very cool. It's death. a good visual effect. Uh, yeah. But he dies, and then Ray is just so tuckered out that she collapses and, and she dies. dies. Uh, this is where Ben Solo climbs out of the pit and is just like, "Ooh, I know what to do. Force heal." And then he dies. Yeah, because he basically had to give all of his life essence to Ray so that she can come back and be so alive they again. could kiss. And then yeah. they kiss, and I literally screamed, what? It's so out That's of nowhere. That's so fucking stupid. One D yelled boo, and yeah. I think she's right. Correct. <laughs> it's like, you know when you see documentaries about people who don't know their brother and sister, but they've fallen in love? Oh, you mean Star Wars Empire Strikes <laughs> Back? <laughs> it's that kind of feeling watching them kiss. Yeah. It's They're a little icky. Related, but it's so forced and, yeah. ugh. Also, novelization out of nowhere. There is not like a long-standing romantic or sexual tension between no. them. Buddy, uh, first off, uh, Google with safe search off, you yeah. will be very surprised. I do not want to do that. A lot of people are shippers. But again, I don't know the... what shipping means. Like you want them to be in a relationship. Like uh, two fictional characters should uh, be in a relationship. And then you, you put that relationship them. in a big wooden crate and you Correct. put it on a boat and you send it across the ocean. Nice. Correct. I like that part. Yeah, I, that's the shipping I'm used. That's to. industry, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but again, in the novelization, uh, they, the novelization again being the day one patch yes. of this movie is, it's a kiss of gratitude, a kiss of <laughs> friendship. 
No, it fucking oh, isn't. No. There's Tong. Yeah. yeah. So, babe, yeah. how would you feel if I kissed Patrick and John Hello like that? Would you accept that as a kiss of friendship? Uh, were you dead? I brought over the smokes. Were you, were you dead and they brought you back to life? Because, <laughs> like, that, there has so, to be... So, so he's owed? It's got to be... <laughs> That's right. Just I, like every 80s action movie ever. <laughs> yeah, if you kill enough terrorists, you get to get back together with your ex-wife. Right. No. Right. There's a body count to handy trade-off. Again, to quote uh, one of the new characters in this movie, no thank you, no thank you. <laughs> uh, so Ray is alive, Ben Solo is dead, which again is frustrating because like, then it just is Darth Vader again. Yes. You know, it would be so interesting to have to see Ben Solo have to reconcile the things he did with the person he is now. Instead of just this Like, weird that would be sacrifice. an interesting movie. Yeah. And one of the sad things, and I hate that they put this in, because there's no payoff at the end, or a good payoff. Luke talks about training Leia to become a Jedi. And on the last day of her training... Oh, we didn't even fucking talk about that. She yeah. mentions that she saw the death of her son. So At the, the end of her Jedi... Tra- so basically yeah. the implication is if I become a Jedi, my son dies, you were saying. Yeah. So she has seen this whole thing happen. She uh-huh. knows that Rey is involved in the death of her son and still nurtures her. I and mean, maybe. We don't... Is involved in some way, but still nurtures her gift. Well, we don't know if she specifically sees Rey being involved. I think she just sees the death of her son. You know what I mean? I just thought that would be something interesting to explore. That oh, definitely, yes. That was so desperate to reconnect with her son. And it's... Training a person yeah, who may have been related to their death. Training and would be murdered. possible Again, that learning... that might have been part of the movie we didn't get to see. Maybe. I mean, like, I've heard the Colin Trevorrow stuff, and it sounds like it kind of... It does sound cool, but it sounds cool in that way that anything in your brain is a perfect movie when you just hear it. You know what I mean? But it suffers the same thing that I think this movie suffers in, of just, like, that is way too much story. That is way more story than I want in this movie. Like... In terms of this being like a blackjack game, like Force Awakens, in terms of the amount of story, is like, uh, like a like a sixteen. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of story. It's a lot of catching up with character. It's never overwhelming, and it's maybe still lacking. Last Jedi to me is like a fucking perfect blackjack twenty-one. Yeah, where it's just like, yeah, you fucking nailed it. This is great. The la- the last Jedi deals out a like a ten for the next movie where all of that is already set up. JJ, you just gotta deal me between a five and a seven, and you deal me another ten, and then you take another hit. <laughs> like you busted and you didn't even know it, and you got another card. Ugh. Yeah, no, but I just would have rather that had not even been in the movie, so I didn't have. That oh, I thought. agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Are we still in the case? No, no, just the, the, the flashback. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Leia. And the flashback, again, is like, that is, I think, a cool piece of fan service because, again, it is seeing Luke training Leia, which is something that I've wanted to see yeah. forever. Which I'm fine with, but that yeah. whole, I saw I my agree. son dying, yeah. I the feel plot like point. I think maybe having her say, like, look, this Jedi stuff is, is fine and great and I love you, but, like, I am... I can do more good for more people in the government of this new republic. Right, I'm also the leader of everybody now. Like, that is already a compelling enough reason for her not to, like, fully train up as a Jedi. Like, it didn't need the idea of, like, 
I saw my son dying, so I stopped being a Jedi, and then my son died. Yeah, but and she's got to have a reason to hide that lightsaber in that brick so that we can have that MacGuffin. I don't know. She could have just had it and given it to Rey at some point instead. Yeah, because then it would have aligned with Rey's whole, I'm trying to find my true destiny and what I feel is the right path for me, even though I might be good at something else. Yeah. And everybody else thinks that that is my calling, her being a pilot. No, my true calling is being a Jedi. Yeah. And whereas for Leia, it would have been reversed. I think that would have been way better. I also it, definitely felt like they, like they, they were, that we were moving away from Jedi. It felt like when, when they announced the title Rise of the Skywalker, my little secret wish is, I hope that's just what the Jedi are called now. I hope they're just like, yo, we need to be in touch with both our emotions and our intellect. We need to be like fucking gray instead of all white or all black. And we're called... Skywalkers now, you know? But, like, no. the idea of just, like, well, time for me, Ray Skywalker, to start the Jedi again. Yeah, speaking of which, let's just get there. The day is saved, they <laughs> go back to the Rebel base, there's lots of hugs, lots of kisses, yada, yada, yada. A lesbian kiss. We have our room. very first, yeah, our very first same-sex kiss in a movie. Depending on what country you're in. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somewhat it's, 30 years after Roseanne Barr did it on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we cut to the end of the movie. Uh, well, first, before we get there, there's one thing we have to talk about. Lando meets Jenna, and he sits down with her on a log, and he's like, In where the are book, you? it's very important to know that they're not related. He says, oh, well, you know, where are you from? And she says, actually, I don't know. I was kidnapped as a baby. And he gives her the most lascivious... The most, we're gonna fuck. Yeah, man. and he's just like, well, let's find out. Yeah. Wink. Wink, boner, boner. And here's the thing. I think that's just the natural sexual cadence Absolutely. of Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Absolutely. But J.J. Abrams in the edit bay should have seen that and been like, ooh, snip, snip. Yeah. We don't need this. No, J.J. was looking at it and was like, ooh, goals. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we cut to... to yeah. Ray is now on Tatooine at the Lars homestead where Luke Skywalker was brought up by his aunt and uncle, Owen and uh, Beru Lars. Lars. And she's at the moisture farm and she's looking at that. We got the twin sons and BB-8s with her. She makes a little butt sled like she did in The Force Awakens. It's a nice big little callback to the desert because, um, yeah. God damn it, every third planet in Star <laughs> Wars is on a desert. Yeah, uh, and it's it's frustrating because, again, this character has no connection to this space. So it's just there for us, the audience, to kind of live vicariously through the wonder of this character, experiencing it for what her is the first time. Yeah, yeah. And how, yeah. But she's treating it with the reverence of just like, ah, finally back. Yes. And it's like, what? So she, she uh, takes... It's a dump. Yeah. yeah. Well, she buries up. Well, the last time we saw it, it was on fire. Yeah. Well, and and also, now it's been mostly covered by sand. sand. And you know Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's weird Skeletons. charred skeleton bodies <laughs> are still there. Somewhere. And also, like, I think that would probably be the last fucking place Luke would want his lightsaber buried. Because as you recall, in Star Wars A New Hope, he's just like, well, if there's a light source to the universe, we're on the planet it is farthest from. I can't wait to get out of this fucking shithole. Yeah. This is the Youngstown, Ohio of the Star Wars universe. Yep. And, like, to come back? Yeah, and that's yeah. where he gets buried. It's just like, 
Run. No! And to bury his and Leia's lightsabers via the Force sink, however many feet underground. Yeah, because they just like sink into the sand endlessly. Then a nosy old asshole shows up with hey, their space camel. Who are you? And she's I'm like, Ray. I'm Ray. Ray who? Shut up, nosy. No. Then she looks off at the Force ghosts of Luke and Leia for intolerably too long. And then says, Skywalker. Ray Skywalker. Then she takes out her staff that she has now converted to a lightsaber, turns it on, and like a ray of sunlight, it's golden. Yikes. Yeah. I do like a yellow lightsaber blade, though. I'm on board for that. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of her make finally making her own lightsaber, and it is distinct both from the hilt to the blade, I think is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. But like, oh, it's a little on the nose. Everything is. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's JJ Star Trek. Yeah. Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. I don't know, whatever. Who cares? It's over credits, sweet John Williams music. One little thing that I do have to put in that I noticed my second time watching it that has really soured the ending of this movie even more so than usual is Chewie and all the gang land on the planet uh, in the lead up to the final battle, and they're like, Where's the general? Well, that's just it. She's gone. And everybody turns to Chewie and he just fucking collapses because in Force Awakens, his best friend Han Solo dies. Then in Last Jedi, he finally gets to reconnect with his long lost friend, Luke Skywalker, who immediately dies. So then he's like, well, still got my friendship with Leia. You're the only person I have left. And then she dies. Yeah. And it's just like... Oh, Chewie's having a real rough couple of years yeah. in this. Tough trilogy, Chewie. Oh. Can he go oh, back boy. to his family now? Not until she... Life Day. Ooh, can you explain to me from the novelization why uh, generally when the Jedi, they die, they just go disappearing like in the Left Behind novels, but Leia sticks around until Kylo Ren dies. Ooh, so that she can die when her son dies because it's like poetry, it rhymes. Is there oh. a better reason? It's like poetry, it Rhymes. Okay, got it. Fantastic, <laughs> and that's gonna take us to bullet points. Bullet points. Our first bullet point: body count. Bullet points. All right. Fuck, man. <laughs> D. D. Since you are our guest, you get to go first. What do you think the body count is of Rise of Skywalker? Ugh. Oh man, did they take down some of those star destroyers? Like the whole thing? Yes. Yeah. And they blew up a planet. I'd say, oh, you got a planet there. <laughs> okay, including the planet, I want to say about 23 million. Sounds good. Patrick? <laughs> I'm going to go 50 million. Ooh, John? Ooh, yeah. I'm going to say, because the festival only happens every 42 years, 42 million. Because why not make that an Easter egg, ah, too? Ah, you're a guy. Fantastic. Well, the official death toll <laughs> is 43? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I, I found two sources. One was a video called, uh, uh, it was called Rise of Skywalker Kill Counts. Their count was four. <laughs> I found a just in the Sith temple. There were a couple thousand chanting Sith acolytes that died. Literally, the opening scene of the movie, we see Kylo Ren kill more than five. Yeah, people. he's standing <laughs> in a real? field of like fifteen yeah. dead bodies. I thought the 
those were like projections. No, no those no. are actual Sith acolytes. Oh. It's more of those mummies. Yeah. Uh, I found a second one, which is, was a Screen Rant article, which was, here's all the people who died. And it was just named characters, and that was like 10. The third <laughs> one I found was from Wikipedia, and it was Trusted all source. the people who have ever died in a Star Wars confirmed. That have names. And they had 43 people. <laughs> Again, a planet was exploded. Multiple starships were exploded. The number is clearly in the tens of millions. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah, that's fair. Yay. That's fair. Moving on to our next bullet point. Best kill. All right. Best kill. D, you're the guest. What, who had the? Oh. What was the best kill in Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise to, of Skywalker? I had to close my eyes for a bunch of them, so I didn't see all of it. Uh, stupid lightning. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like how Donald Gleason goes. Yeah, just getting sure. oh, yeah. shot. unceremoniously shot yeah. in the gut just, by Richard E. Grant. It's not a grand fight. It's not anything. It's just a like this is how fucking things are, and boom, he's gone. Yeah. As he's just exterminated like a like a cockroach. Yeah, he's just, like, he's just gone. As proud as he is that he has gotten away with being the spy so far is yeah. as hilarious as it is. That like, oh, you've been the spy the whole time, obviously. Bam. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Yeah, uh, Patrick. Best uh, kill. I'm gonna go with the death of Richard Grant, who runs to the windshield to look at all of the death, all of the star destroyers that are blowing up, only to have his own blow up behind him. And you see, and he gets like body. shot projectile <laughs> right out the front. Yeah, yeah, no, that guy goes yeah. off like a cannon. He, he goes is... through the window before the explosion. Right. Does. Yeah. 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 He is the like he's like the propeller man from Titanic of right. this movie. Oh, yeah. right. He just like hits and then flies Ooh, away. Gone. <laughs> John, best kill. Ooh, that's a, that's a pretty toughie. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Palpatine death is very well executed. Lightning Ooh. in the face. Lightning in the face to the point where he literally disintegrates. Because it also, it, it absolutely, he cannot come back for future movies. Like, he is gone. Bad he literally dis- is vaporized. <laughs> I really bet he can. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he probably like last second put his brain into some other clone or There's something. There's like, ooh, if he why his... would he not? Why would he only have the one? He's what gonna, if, he if puts it worked his... so well the first time? Well, because it only worked that one time. Like that was the only the reason that his clone body is so shitty is because it's the only one he got working. Yeah. But you're right. I I would like to think if he does do that though, he has to put his body into that welding chimp. Yeah, that'd be rad. Oh fuck, man! That's what I need to see—a <laughs> movie of Chimp the Welder. Yeah, but he's got the mind of Palpatine. Goes but all he has for a weapon is a hammer. Yeah. Well, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. <laughs> Just run around hobbling dudes' knees. <laughs> uh, Mark, best kill. Uh, I am a. I'm going to go with there is a part during the light speed skipping yeah. section where they come across one of the dozen sandworms in this movie <laughs> uh, and when they come across it they light speed speed skip past it but a poor tie fighter guy just flies right into it some miles oh. yeah. so uh, it's a double death one the tie fighter guy exploded and two that poor sandworm yeah. is going to choke on that tie fighter yeah. <laughs> it's going to die a painful slow choky death right True. it's like the fish that took the hook off the line. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, buddy. And that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Normally, we would do war crimes, but since we exist in a world here where there is no war or crimes... There's uh, definitely war. 
Nah, it's, it's in the title. It's the star fights. It's nope. not star peace. Star disagreements. <laughs> yep, I don't. I don't recall that. Uh, star so arbitrage. We're going with best weapon. Okay. Best weapon. D, you are our guest. What was the best weapon in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker? I don't know. I like the the evil ray lightsabery stick thing. The claptrap lightsaber. Yeah. That's a good one. It's pretty cool. I wish we'd have gotten to see a little bit more of it in battle. She only kind of fights her evil self very briefly, and she just flips it open. I wanted to see it like her using the flip. Yeah. In battle would have been kind of cool, but it's a it's a cool design. She does. Yeah. She like flips it closed to like trap Ray's lightsaber at one point. Yeah, I just wanted one. to see yeah. a little bit more. Nah, I gotcha. Yeah. More than just like. You would watching a marching band go down the street. Yeah. Someone twirling, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It is also frustrating that you could easily cut that out of the movie and it would have no effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because she had that moment of doubt in the Last Jedi yeah. We've when she went into the cave, yeah. where she had the bazillion ren mm-hmm. rays. Yeah. Anyways, John, yeah. best weapon. Uh, I don't know if I already chose this in previous Star Wars podcasts, but uh, I don't care because I don't listen to stuff, and neither should you, frankly. Uh, <laughs> the cross-guard lightsaber wielded by one Kylo Ren. You have picked this before. Yeah, but it's super cool. It's yeah. so cool. Well, we actually know a little bit more about it now because in the comics, The Rise of Kylo Ren, written by Charles Soule, who is actually a very good comic book writer, and it's a neat little four-issue miniseries. Uh, basically, it's... He, in order for a Sith to make a red lightsaber, they have to take the kyber crystal of a Jedi and crack it and make it bleed by putting all of their, like, anger and evil into the lightsaber to make it red instead of whatever the original color was. So when Kylo Ren goes to bleed his lightsaber crystal from his Ben Solo lightsaber, it cracks. And that's why it's all fucking, like, crinkly and fiery and it's not, like, a steady stream. Uh, and he puts it in his Ben Solo lightsaber and he turns it on and it fucking breaks. So that's why he's got to put the two vents on each side of it to let the extra energy out. So it's like double functional. Like it functions as a cross guard, but it's also like it is his Ben Solo lightsaber that he has had to like fucking scrap together. He did jury rig it. Yeah. But I just think that that is... Pretty cool. Absolutely. Patrick, best weapon. Uh, I'm actually going to go with, uh, what's her name? Not Azuzu. Zuri. Zuri. Her pistol, her blaster yes! is actually like, it's got like a wooden gilded handle like an old school flintlock. It's yeah. a flintlock it pistol. It is fucking rad. When she puts it against Poe's head, you're like, that is a fine pistol. Yeah, it's yeah. like half flintlock pistol, half sawed off shoddy. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful blaster. Yeah, it's really awesome. I wish we would have gotten to see more of it. I don't even know if we ever saw it fired. But yeah. it's fucking gorgeous. So. Yeah. yeah, it is gorgeous. Cool. Mark, best weapon. Uh, I'm going to go with Leia's lightsaber. Yeah, um, yeah it's kind of I like. I really like the design of it. It's kind of a mix of like uh, 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 Mace Windu's very smooth yeah. uh, hand hilt as well as Luke's uh, Return of the Jedi hilt with like the sort of like smaller yeah. emitter, like thin emitter like, up top. Art deco-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like the thin rings at the top. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. So it just a cool design. It's a looking yeah. lightsaber. Fucking sell me a good replica of that, please. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's gonna take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is 
this an action movie? D, you are our guest. Is Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker an action movie? Yeah, because it's more action than movie to me, so I'm going to say yes. Fair. Patrick. Yeah, I mean, same. It's relentless. Like, it can't not be an action movie. Despite the fact that they tell you an entirely too much stuff that I don't care about and doesn't mean anything. (laughs) They do it very quickly. (laughs) Like, like, we are moving, kids. Even the dialogue is paced as action. You are moving it, yeah. John, is this an action movie? Yeah. Uh, For, same, see above. Yeah. Yeah. Mark... Uh, uh, option D, all of the above. Yes, this is obviously an action movie. Uh, it's one of the more action-packed Star Wars movies. Sure. Uh, and again, a lot of that has to do with literally every 40 seconds having to travel to a new planet to meet a new person who they're going to be like, oh, don't you care if this person lives or die? And you go, I don't even no, know who that guy really. is. Yeah. But every once in a while... It's a Babu Frey. Right. You know? <laughs> because, like, you knew they were trying to do it with Bulio at the beginning. Yeah. And then later on, the guy, like, puts Bulio's head on a table. And I was yeah. like, who the fuck was that guy? Yeah. I forgot who Bulio was. Yeah. I yeah well, even... it was me and Bulio down by the schoolyard. <laughs> yeah. That's going to take us to final reviews of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. D. That's okay. Patrick. I mean, it had a stunning lack of Hayden Christensen's. No, huh? it had some Hayden Christensen. No, he just says that one line, and I didn't even know it was him, so it was fine. <laughs> if John. I have to see his dumb face. <laughs> but it's got a cool scar and long hair. Whatever. John? I Straight five out of ten. What a, what a fine movie. It's fine. Mark, uh, I'm just going to go lowest common denominator and go one out of two. <laughs> Why are we doing five out of ten? Shrink those fractions, buddy. <laughs> it's a perfectly fine 50% of a movie. I will say this is the third time I've seen it, and this is the most I've enjoyed of it because I've set my expectations accordingly, and I'm just not quite as mad at the pieces that made me mad because I know that they're there, and I'm starting to enjoy the pieces I like a little bit more because of it. What no, you're saying, yeah. So what you're saying is this is the least you've hated it since you saw it. Correct. Gotcha. Right. And you know what? I don't think I ever hated the movie outright. Sure. It's just like there are certain aspects of its storytelling that fucking drive me up the wall. But they did the best execution of the dumbest ideas. So like it all kind of comes out in the wash. That I would agree with. I think I wanted a richer story. I, think, I agree. I think you have so many great elements that would lead to the, an amazing final chapter, and mm-hmm. I think it was more fan service than yeah. They were set up pretty well. Would have well, been nice. Yeah, well, if, I mean, uh, like if I didn't have you guys here to be like, am I supposed to recognize that? Then seventy five percent of this movie and its references and jokes would have been past me. Yeah, it would have been nice if they made a uh, sequel to Last Jedi. Yeah, yep. instead <laughs> of J.J. Abrams just like. Well, these are the ideas that I had for the second Star Wars movie I didn't get to make. Let's just use them now. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to do it for this... Ooh. <laughs> this... This deluxe episode <laughs> of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenbaum. I'm Patrick Brownlee. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And thank you to our special guest, my wife, D'Amoral. Hi. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rudy Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Thanks to our special guest, D. Amaral, for joining us. You can check us out on Facebook, find us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.
Thank God this nightmare is over.